Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Carolina Panthers fans have an insatiable thirst for Panthers news and opinions. Only one podcast roars ferociously. It's the C3 Panthers podcast. Yo, what's the deal, Panther fans? It's your boy, the professor, a.k.a. Tony Dunn. It's the C3 Panthers postgame show where the Panthers pull out a big victory over the Cardinals. Going to 2-2 two and two now, continuing their tie for second place in the division as the Saints advance today as well as the Buccaneers. Uh, but man, what a good day for Panther fans and a good day for this team as they continue to get better from week to week. And we've got a lot of positive things to say. It's just two of us this week. It's just me and CK here today, man. I'm glad uh, you could make it to the C3 Panthers podcast. And I don't even have your camera pulled up, so... Um, hold on. <laughs> Somewhere in here, you live and exist in my stream. But I don't know where it's at just yet. Um, we got two, but there we go. There we go. Holy cow. I was not ready. I was unprepared. I was unprepared. He wasn't ready. Welcome. Welcome to the show. Hey, I'm glad to be here, guys. And it's, uh, it's going to be hard to shit on anything today. You know, right? We've, uh um we've uh we've as as a podcast definitely kind of teeter-tottered on on despair uh in the past uh, a few weeks but you know the last two weeks has definitely given us some hope hopefully not false hope because i i don't know if i have it in me to go another season after the last two seasons where we looked like we were going to do something and then halfway through the season it just crumbled hopefully that's not something we're going to have to deal with but today Full of hope. The good news about that is that when you're see our expectations in the past have been so elevated and that's what really hurt last season so much is that we thought that there was going to be an opportunity for the team to make a real push. Right. Um, and, And we thought that was going to be with some real improvements around the defense last year. And it, and that turned out 
not only was the Cam Newton injury a big deal, but also that defense was not what we believed it was going to be. We were just so. The good news about this story is that I won't say we've I've I haven't had low expectations. Yeah, I've, I have low expectations for the team, and it's kind of like realistic expectations. So when they go out, they play well on both sides of the ball. Right. The coaching is all good on both sides of the ball in every facet. It is heartening. Right. It is very heartening. And that's the idea is that. And, and for me, the the success of this season did not hinge on W's. It really didn't. The W's are, are they are wonderful. I'm not going to. Yeah. I'm not. I don't. I, I want them. But what I what I the success of this season was was for me was watching both the coaching staff and the players grow from week to week. And yeah. I have to say through four weeks that has been the story. Absolutely. Right? Growth on all sorts of sides of the ball. So look, it's just CK and I holding down the fort today. Uh Cody has a old friend from out of town in that he is entertaining and um so he'll be back on Tuesday. Uh, the Bat Daddy, I'm sure, has many projects going on today. We've kind of been throwing this together in the last second. Everybody's watching, busy watching the game. And uh, But the good news is we've got great fans in the chat room. Underground West, Robbie Switzer, Sarah, Sarah Taylor, Joe Riolano, Low Country Cannabis, Tinge Ginger, Trunk Coleman, J-Dub in the house, Humble Flip No Fool, all of you guys, we appreciate your support on the C3 Panthers podcast. Go ahead and uh, smash that thumbs up button. Share the show with a friend. One friend, one link. Tell them to be a part of our community. And support the show by calling in. The number's 252-228-5098. There's going to be, I think, a lot of happiness here uh, today and hopefully in the calls. Nick Montiero in the house as well. Welcome to the C3 Panthers podcast. All right, um, let me see. The final score, let me go pull the game book up. Um, we, the Panthers advance. They get their second win of the season. And for me, the storyline has continued to be improvement from week to week. The final score, 31-21. And really what is a game that I was surprised that the Arizona Cardinals weren't a better today and the yeah. good news about that is is the reason i think they weren't better is because we saw two fate the panthers won on two components of this game the offense and defensive lines yep. were great right and mm-hmm. and that's the story is that you know the war the fear was is that kyler murray coming off of his worst performance of his career arguably last week in detroit Throwing three picks, should have had four last week. The I, you know, the thought was that that was going to be that could be a humbling opportunity. And when you match that, that receiving core up against our secondary, there were some concerns. But those concerns were eradicated um, because the defensive line was able to not only contain Murray for the most part outside of one really impressive forty-nine yard run or whatever it was. But they were able to contain and get pressure on him to where these plays couldn't develop, right? Yeah. And so we weren't getting beat over the top. We weren't – there wasn't an opportunity for them to expose our secondary because there was a constant pressure up the middle from the edges. And so for me, I'm not sure what the impact of having KK short was 
back specifically. Like, I don't know how we're going to look at his play, but I feel like it maybe took some pressure or we saw Derek Brown early in that game making some big tackles in the backfield as well as the edge guys, the youngins. Gross Matos had a big day, and Brian Burns was playing angry today. What did you see on yep. that defensive line, CK? I saw a a very – last week I said we won because the other team made mistakes, right? That was it. We didn't win because we did anything special. We won because the other team made mistakes. They weren't doing their job. The other team today was doing their job. Our team was just stopping it. And yeah. so what, I, what I'm a big fan of, and this is going to irk every single person in the building, Marty Herney's draft is good. He's got Gross Matos. You've got Chin. You've got Brown. Derek All Brown, of them yeah. are playing at a high. Pride has been making some moves out there. Let's go ahead and look at it from that reality. Yes, our defense, first week of the year, bad. Second week, not great. Third week, looking good. This week, they looked great, right? And let's let's look at it from this perspective. The wide receivers had less – all the wide receivers, all the their receiving core had less yards than, I think, Robbie Anderson, at least in the first half, if not the, nothing else. Like, they did not have a great receiving, like, day. And you would think against our secondary that was the case with – uh, Eli Apple even going out, you know, what for whatever reason, I don't even think we saw him on the field, but apparently he was, and he, he re-injured that uh, hamstring. But um, I think 100% the biggest thing that I think we should take away from this is our team is growing and is getting better. And I said it last week, and I said it even in, in the second week, it's not all doom and gloom, right? I think that once Teddy Bridgewater meshes with his receivers, they get their timing down, things are going to work. Um, and I think that's also something you could double down with that defense. And now that the gross Matos was able to play today, K1 shorts in there, you guys don't forget that we now have our leader back on the defense on that defensive line. And, you know, even though he may not be making plays that don't, don't take away what his leadership on that line is going to be. So hundred percent, I think that, and especially with every single game that we've played has been competitive. The only one that might not even be considered competitive might've been the, uh, the bucks game, but if we won that Bucks game right now, you guys got to remember, we would be leading the division right now. Kyler Murray only had 133 passing yards. Um, DeAndre Hopkins led their team with seven catches, 41 yards. So he really kept him. And he is was battling an ankle injury. And some people question if his, his game is over the top as much as it used to be. But they didn't really have time to expose their team. They did get Christian Kirk back. They didn't have opportunities to expose the Panthers yeah. secondary or to pick on it. So I, I think here is something else is that we got to commend uh, Phil Snow. I think that look is that we, we were knee jerkish as Panther fans or not everybody, but you know, you want things to look great immediately, but this defense wasn't supposed to look great this year. Right. I mean, they might, we didn't want them to look like fools out there. But, I mean, if you really think about the secondary and not really having a lot of parts there, right? I mean, you, I mean, Dante Jackson's your best corner. We didn't know what we were going to get out of Dante Jackson. I think it's a credit to this coaching staff that Dante Jackson's playing so well and feels yeah. comfortable. He looks like he um, wants – you know, he's doing the team type of things that maybe yep. some people said he wasn't responding too well. 
you know, it's very hard for us to know what's going on behind the scenes, right? But here, the, the snow the snow defense is this guy has been in football for a long time. He's coached at a lot of different levels. I was not a, be- a believer that he didn't know enough to be a good defensive coordinator. And I think what we're yeah. seeing is is that he's actually very very good in coaching these younger players and getting a lot of a lot out of them this week. Uh, I want to raise a couple of things to uh, examples of this. We were the story is uh, it's like a tale of two different weeks when it comes to this team. And um this week last week the Chargers were like 70% on third down. This week, the Cardinals go three for nine. They were 33%, which was very much what we were last week. And then us, a tale of two different teams. This week, we were seven for 11, 64% on third down. And on the offensive side, we were putting the ball in the end zone, which was much different than last week. But continuing with the defense, just quickly, one of the things that I, you know, Derek Burns started to make a difference more than just on the outside today. Yeah, yeah. Are you talking about Brian yeah. Burns? Yes, that's a Derek. Yeah, I look at Derek <laughs> Brown. And I have Derek Brown and Brian Burns. Uh, just uh, Derek Burns. Brian Burns, though, showed, and this is what I wanted to see, and this is what I want to see from week to week, too, yeah. is not only the team getting better as a whole, but also individual players getting better. And Brian Burns had a big game last week, but some of it I was concerned was a little bit based on Herbert's deep dropbacks, and it kind of set him up for success. But today we saw him swim inside a little bit more. Um, They highlighted one move that he's, you know, fake the outside rush. Nice move, moves inside. And now is is he going against the best offensive line at this point? Probably not, but we're starting to see him develop. And he made a big play. A big run stop in the backfield late in that game. So I was happy with that. Yeah. And on top of that, I was very happy to see, um, again, this secondary is playing much better um, than than we expected. On top of that, I think a lot of that was is the Cardinals did not establish the run. That was the thing, even though they had a lot of rushing yards. And I think that that's the only way that you're – or the one way that you're going to really start to poke holes in the Panthers' defense is when the offense of the other team is able to run, establish the run up the middle. I don't know how much KK and these – you know, obviously they're doing well, but the Cardinals have never been – from what I've seen on the tape and watched in the early games, that committed – Uh, to the run, which that then gives us the opportunity as a secondary to really kind of just keep the players or the receivers in front of them. Hey, and it works and it works and it works. So I was very happy to see that. The other story to me today, kind of an unsung story, and that is this offensive line. Uh, Did Teddy, let's see how many sacks that this defense had for the Arizona Cardinals. Let's see, total rushing plays. Let's see, sacks, sacks. Where are you, sacks? Hey, sacks, where are you? Where are those big Teddy B? They had zero sacks today, right? So the Panthers did not give up a sack today. Very impressive, this offensive line, the play that we've been getting out of it. Um, and, and that has given Teddy an opportunity to play well, right? And this is what happens when you see, when you are able 
to nothing. There was nothing spectacular today on the offense, but that's fine, right? Is that these guys, they moved the ball. I wouldn't even say it wasn't boring, but it was like, it was just like, it was, I wouldn't even say vanilla. It just worked, right? Not only was it a combination of good play calling, good play by the offensive line. Mike Davis had a successful day. Teddy Bridgewater was, was fine. Now, I mean, was he able to like really dominate in a deep game? No, we haven't seen that. And it just might, it's just not his game maybe. And that is understand, you know, we just have to, if we can play well with what we've got, then let's be excited about that. Robbie Anderson continues to demonstrate that he is this team's number one. Some concerns to me about DJ Moore's development. I just want to see, um, I would love for him to just break out and be awesome. But he has just been okay at best and continued. This was the Robbie Anderson show when it comes to the receiving core. And it is just, hey, run the ball. You know, today, this is what we saw. And it's almost like, um, and this is a good sign from this coaching staff. And, and for Joe Brady, who's a young offensive coordinator, he might be bright and brilliant and all of this, but he's wet behind the ears in many ways. Some of the things that we hadn't been doing uh, to kind of get into the end zone, we had kind of gotten kind of, you know, we would get sunk or stuck in the the middle of the field. These rollouts, right? Uh, the rollouts were for Teddy Bridgewater you know, created time and opportunity. Uh, so it was a big deal. It was a good, it was just good from top to bottom. So happy to see that. And it's happy to get a good win on the board against a, okay, I mean, not the, the most dominant, opponent but you got to play the people on your schedule right you get an opportunity these are the games we need to win right if we're going to have you know kind of keep up first of all we're keeping pace so very excited and like j-dub says rule is building something special can't can't wait to add more talent we could be scary soon yeah it might not take long for this team to make improvements right so very excited about that. The number's 252-228-5098. I'm going to go ahead and jump into the cat calls and see what you guys got to say. So what are your thoughts on cat calling? Yeah, it's pretty sh- You shouldn't do that to somebody. And how did that make you feel? Uh, very uncomfortable. So how do you think cat calling makes the person feel? It feels good. Like a three and a four and a Who's that cat sitting in the back corner with his face buried in his nose? Who's that kid that can use one? going on C3, Dave from Brooklyn. How we doing? Huh? Hey, looking good, Tuts. I love a good cat call. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But, uh, you know, I'm watching this offense right now and I gotta say, this Mike Davis kid is a fucking horse, dude. Fucking hitting people so hard that the stripes are coming off his helmet. Making me feel okay on a Sunday for once. But for real. Dante Jackson, every game with the problems. Oh, my God. This defense gives me indigestion. Hopefully, I don't have to go to the store and get some Tums before this game is over. Oh, let's go Panthers. And I keep pounding. Thank you for the call, man. Great call right there. Um, keep pounding. The number's 252-228-5098. Mike Davis, right? Now we have lost our best player, right? And the analytics people are gonna are are jumping up and down to tell you 
that running backs don't matter as much who the running back is. The position's important, yep. but who plays it is not that big of a deal. And that's understandable in some ways, right? Is But again, I think a lot of our success in the running game has come from really a more impressive offensive line. Today you mm-hmm. saw it, and they highlighted it in the game talk, whoever was doing the color commentary about these guards that were pulling and getting to the second level without – you know, getting, t- you know, tripped up basically by D tackle yeah. on the way up there. Yeah. So- no, our offensive line did a phenomenal job. And I know a lot of people want to have the conversation about Christian McCaffrey and whether he was worth that money. You guys got to remember Christian McCaffrey is so much more than a running back. Mike Davis caught one, maybe two passes. He was oh, not. He? I, thought, I, I yeah. thought he's been pretty good in the past. I mean, he's he, fine. He, like he's been. Yeah. He's been, but, but my point is, he had is five that Christian McCaffrey. Today. Christian McCaffrey is a game like uh, you have to plan for Christian McCaffrey. I think having Christian McCaffrey out is going to be a blessing for this team 100%. And I said that when we found out he was going to be out. I said, we're going to have other people getting opportunities. You're going to see the ball being spread to other people other than Christian McCaffrey. So when he comes back, well, guess what? They don't just have Christian McCaffrey to plan for anymore. They have to plan for everybody that's doing, you know, now they have to think about Robbie Anderson as he's been a beast in the, in, you know, in the secondary, you got to think about uh, Mike Davis being in there as a, if there's a two running back backfield, what are they going to do? I mean, cause both of them can run. It's not like it was the first year when Christian McCaffrey was in the league. When, when uh, Jonathan Stewart was in, it was a run. When Christian McCaffrey was in, it was a pass. It was, a, it was almost every time there was no, like no disguise to it. They knew what to expect. And so now we're we're allowing that. I don't think that saying that Christian McCaffrey was uh was not a not a not it wasn't smart to pay him. I think it was very smart to pay him, but I think it's also very smart to have a running back that's a second back like Mike Davis in the backfield with you. Yeah, I mean it's just one of those things is that for the last couple of years it's just been so difficult to take Christian McCaffrey out, period, because he's been so effective, right, at any point. And that doesn't mean that other guys aren't effective either. And Mike Davis has showed you that this guy's playing hard. He reminds me he's wearing twenty eight out there. He looks more like a Mike Tolbert dancing bear out there. He is a big fella and he's not slow. So Dude, he had some moves today. Yeah, like, he is fleet of foot for a big fella. 100%. Uh, like, no sacks that, today. I mentioned this while you had to go, while you stepped away to get your food. By the way, CK orders food two hours ago. just showed up. Um, <laughs> so, eat. I know you're starving. The idea, though, was we didn't give up any sacks today, right? Yeah, um, that's amazing. And Greg Little was that left tackle all game. I think pretty much, wasn't he? There wasn't. A, I don't think I saw anybody else at left tackle. I saw Greg Little out there the whole game. From or yeah, I didn't notice him not there. So he and he that's a big deal because after last week too, which we were wondering, did he get benched for performance? What was it? And he came in. They invested in him this week. They probably gave him the reps all week long, and yeah. were able to you know show some confidence in him. Uh, J-Dub in the house, man. Good point. Fifty-eight people watching. We need to get those twenty likes up. It's thumb shaming right now. Thumbs up, <laughs> thumbs down. You pick it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. You pick it, and uh, it will help us grow. The numbers two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. One of the things that I do. Somebody highlighted this is in the chat room. Is that we're surprised by Robbie Anderson's versatility? A little bit, right? Is that you know? And this is the thing: is Robbie Anderson has really been that two. 
two catches, 100 yards, and a touchdown guy for the Jet. You know, just this one note over the top. Now, the question is, is why is he not winning deep down the field? And some of it, I think, has to do with the ability to push the ball uh, and the deep threat. But he's been great for this team. He has he's been a versatile, a, really a possession receiver, very important to this team so far. And what I like, and somebody mentioned, is that both Matt Rule and Robbie Anderson, Mike Davis, these guys got fight in them. They've faced adversity before, and they play tough. They play hard each week, and I think that's something good to see about this team as we continue to grow. But go ahead and go to the next call. I got to download it. Actually, I'm a little behind here. Um, but yeah, the offensive line can you know Paradis playing well uh, had to come out for for a series of downs, but you didn't. Now I know their pass rush isn't the most intimidating in the world, the Cardinals, but it's nice when you are not seeing that offensive line for the first time in a long time be a major liability. C three, what it do? It's your boy Mike, aka Supreme Alita. What's up, Mike? Ooh. All right, real quick, going to ice up Spectrum. Uh, I need to do that because uh, they replaced my old router with one of theirs, and they guaranteed I would get the speeds I'm paying for and all that. But uh, my You're connectivity not. sucks. Uh, Wi-Fi goes in and out, and I'm not getting what I paid for. Um, so It's the worst. Yeah. I've been through this. Ice up. Ice up I live this. Uh, all right. Um how about them Panthers? Uh, the game is counting down. Uh, Mike Davis just had a big first down, so, you know, felt comfortable walking away. This defense is growing like a sweet baby pineapple plant right before our eyes. Uh, the stars, quote-unquote quote, quote unquote, stars of our defense are showing up. That's what. That's all we need. That's all we need. Um, to our offense, who have to finally find, you know, uh, some sort of identity out there. Uh, finally scoring touchdowns instead of field goals. Uh, just going to say that Teddy was showing that big D today. You know, um, still a little off on a couple of those throws, but he's starting to gel up with this offense. Uh, so shout-outs to uh, Teddy's uh, big D. Um those boys behind CMC are playing their roles, and uh, they're toting the rock in his absence. Uh, mm-hmm. Please don't rush back McCaffrey rule. Please, we, yeah, no need. We've won our two games without him so far. Let's let's keep this ball rolling. Uh, penalties do need to be addressed. Uh, had a lot out there today, so hopefully they get especially back to at the end. I think we were getting tired at that point a little uh, bit. Yeah, so. Big shout out to all the Panthers fans out there. Let's keep these good vibes going. We belong. They will respect our authority. Keep pounding. <laughs> nice Panther Pride slide die. Woo! Supreme leader bringing the heat today. Um, so, yeah, is that this was a good all around game and it was balanced. Oh, one other thing we put out this. We said we, we highlighted some good things. Some really good improvements from last week's game. We highlighted third down conversions. We highlighted the offensive line's performance, not giving up a single sack. Here's another one. We only punted the ball once today. Right? That's a good thing. That's a good thing. And one of the reasons and one of the ways to beat these teams 
that are kind of predicated on offensive explosiveness, which is that's what I think a Kingsbury-led team wants to be, is like a high-flying, high-scoring, fast-playing offense. The way to beat those guys and to get them out of rhythm is to keep them off the field. And we saw drive after drive in this in this game just go on and on for the Panthers yep. in that offense. And that's kind of the benefit of not having big explosive plays at times is that when you just are eight, six, seven yards, you know, moving the field, the clock's running grinding it down you got to have kyler murray over there with that little patch on his chin whatever he's wearing uh that's a way that you can beat a lot of teams and it really helps your defense doesn't yeah. that doesn't help your defense from you know you keep them fresh you get their yeah, able so, so it's a big deal a really good game today for the panthers all around um, from top to bottom, from Teddy Bridgewater and his accuracy. Let me see. What was he? Teddy Bridgewater today through. Um, it was 26 for 37. He had one interception. One. Yeah, it's just the 276. This is what they want. Uh, he should have no, had, he had the one. He should have had three total. He should have had three interceptions because there was like two other opportunities where like the defensive linemen had, like the defense had their hands on it and just was not able to come down with it. Yeah, that Curtis Samuel uh, catch was, you know, close. There was – oh, there was – wasn't there one that was intercepted, but he didn't get his feet down? Yeah, there was Patrick Peterson. Patrick Peterson got one of those. Um, And then there was another one on the – when they were playing zone, and uh, Teddy threw it right into triple coverage. And somebody broke on it and just dropped the ball. And there was one that uh, at the beginning where um, that you saw that defensive lineman bat the ball down where it came like flying back. If you would have seen where he was throwing it, um, they like it looked like it was going to be intercepted if it would have if he wouldn't have batted it down. So it was like almost a, a lucky break for us. But yeah, that but it, even despite that, could have, would have, should have, would have. Yeah. I'm sure their defense wants those back, but. That's what you brought in Bridgewater to do. Nothing insane, but today's a big game for him. Two passing touchdowns. He had a rushing touchdown. Um, I think that, let's see, I can't, when you look at this, oh, Reggie Bonifant, another. It's like he brings a little spark and some burst into that. He's, yeah. he's a straight line runner. He is. Yeah. He don't have any jukes or moves or cuts or anything like mm-hmm. that. No. But my man uh, is, but he is, it's exciting to, to have that one-two punch. I hope they continue to figure I out. I said it that. last week. I said it last week. We were talking about how we liked what Mike you know, Davis did last week, and it was not even close to the same production that he had this week. Like, And I said, we need to have him be basically like a Jonathan Stewart was to, you know, D'Angelo Williams. And that is, you know, there's one that is clearly better than the other. D'Angelo Williams was clearly better than Jonathan Stewart. Um, and uh, and Christian McCaffrey is clearly better than Mike Davis. Nobody's going to be able to argue that fact. There is no uh, – you could sit here and argue that he got a one-yard touchdown run when Christian McCaffrey may have gotten stuffed at the line. But at the same time, everything else points to Christian McCaffrey being the better back. But it needs to be a one-two punch. You have to have that in this league, and you're seeing it with the successful teams. The 49ers last year. Do you remember who was their primary running back? I don't. It was uh, 
Well, down the, the stretch, it Kevin was Mos- Smith, Mosert. Yeah, or whatever his name. And then so, uh, they had four. They, I mean, they had yeah. four backs last year that were productive. The most, most moderate, most, whatever that dude's name is. Most, yeah. He's hurt right now. He's turning out to be really a good player. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, is uh, I, I'm actually a little stunned that you said it was so clear the, that um, D'Angelo was the better back out of Jonathan Stewart. You're that confident that you've or that you feel that way. I feel. Um, I think it, it's almost a tale of two careers in some ways. I feel like Jonathan Stewart had the better back end of the career. That part um, I will agree with, but that's D'Angelo also when he wasn't having. Did the have some success in Pittsburgh too, as well. Yeah. Um Well, D'Angelo Williams was much. He was I more available. He was more. He was available. more available. He wasn't injured. He was a as home much. run hitter to start. Yeah. And uh, but and Jonathan Stewart was consistent, but he also got hurt a lot. But Jonathan Stewart, outside of that first season when he was double trouble with D'Angelo Williams, I mean, he the best best season he had after that was the 2015 season, and every other season between that was was okay. It wasn't great. I don't I don't think I recall him having a phenomenal season outside of the 2015 season. Oh eight, yeah, the oh eight year and the. 2015 were good, uh, really good. Mm-hmm. And I think he was just effective in those like uh, 13, 14, 15, that, those years right after D'Angelo. He was somewhat effective and he, and he was able to say somewhat healthy in that period. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, for a career that had been so plagued by injuries and he still dealt with them uh, throughout the, his time. He's always not practicing and some stuff like that. But, um, all right, we'll go on to the next call. The number is 252-228-5098. Let's see what you guys got to say about this game today. What's up, C3? Chef Jeff here. What's up, Chef Jeff? Um, great win today. But I, 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 I don't want everybody on here to say I'm not a fucking Panthers fan when I say this. Because right? I am, goddammit. I'm a long-term Panthers fan who wants to get a fucking franchise quarterback oh, you know, like, like the one we had, you know, and just let go of. Um. You know, that's what I want out of this, okay? Winning games against Arizona isn't going to get us in that place. I'm sorry. I'm glad they won. I'm glad they looked great. It was a good, complete game. Defense looked great. Opening score, opening drive, touchdown, all that. Great. Awesome. I'm glad that it's building. But, look, we cannot go fucking like 6-10 and 10 or 7-9 and nine or 5-11 and 11. And expect to get the fucking quarterback we need, all right? Panthers fans, bear with me, please. We have to will it. We have to. We're not the only team racing to the bottom for Trevor Lawrence and the, you know, the four or five other quarterbacks that are in this, that are in next year's draft. We're not the only ones. So start racing to the bottom. I mean, I'm not saying tank, but. Damn, man, we can't. Like I said, we can't go well, fucking seven and nine. If we go seven saying. and nine this year, <laughs> I am going to be thoroughly pissed. But anyway, it was a great game, most complete <laughs> game of the season. They're definitely improving and getting better. Defense looked amazing, but I, I'm I'm pretty sure that had more to do with Arizona and less to do with our defense. But anyway, I don't agree with that. Trying to be positive. Uh, prayers for Cam. I'm sure he'll get over the the COVID shit in like three days or whatever. Um, I guess that's all I really got. See you guys on Tuesday. I'll be listening to the post game. Keep pounding. I'm not rooting for anybody to get COVID. 
but I kind of wish, or kind of, it's the wrong word. If if President Obama got COVID right now, the three most polarizing people in my life would all have COVID together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, is that Cam Newton, Donald Trump. Barack Obama, and Donald Trump is like you bring them up, and it's like. <laughs> The most polarizing conversation in the world. Um, yeah. I don't know is here is I don't like uh, here. I, I understand people's first Trevor Lawrence, particularly for Cody, who's not able to be on the show today is, you know, it's it's one thing to have a, what you believe is going to be, you know, the next best great quarterback. Yeah. But then also to be from your team that you root for your your college team. You know, I'm sure that is very exciting to the the idea for Cody. Um, But I don't know is that I think this is that if you get the number one pick, you get it. But is that like you don't really want to be that bad as a team because it's really hard to get out. It's like once the smell of shit gets on you or in your nose, it's hard to get it out. And rare, and there's a lot of opportunities, there's a lot of times where people don't pan out. And it could be injury, it could be um, that you, you know, you didn't get your guy, so you go with this other guy, and you get the Blake Bortles of of the draft. And I'm not saying that Trevor Lawrence and Justin Fields, I haven't seen enough of Justin Fields to really have an opinion yet uh, for me. So I'm just listening to what other people are saying. But I don't, I don't like that idea. Is that, and I do get no. it. it's very hard to change a franchise quickly through the draft when you are always stuck in that 11, 15, 25 purgatory. Yeah. But I, I, there are ways to improve and to win through the draft yeah. and through free agency without having a top five pick. Yeah, and no, right I now I think we got to do this: is that if we can't get a quarterback of the future that you think is going to be it? Now, look, Cam Newton did turn our franchise around too. So let's not act like not have like having a number one pick doesn't work. Help, you know, when you get it right, it does help. Yeah, but I would be just right now at this point, you know, I'm starting. You know, you got to wonder: are you a, like are you a left tackle? away from being pretty darn good in some yeah. ways. And I just don't, I mean, look, his Teddy's not a long-term answer. And, and if he is, it's just going to be like winning, like the saints are winning now. Yeah. Which is just uh slants and stuff like that. Yeah. 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 They were talking about, I remember I was watching a stat that said Teddy Bridgewater has one of the most like in, in ranking the people with the deep arm accuracy. And it was like, because Teddy hit three of his five, deep balls like that that traveled more than 20 uh 20 yards i don't think he hit one today did he Let's like see, i know he got a, he had pass. some longer completions but he's not pushing the ball down the field but like i mean he's uh, tried they're early on he was, was 24 yards yeah they were going it's almost like you could hear uh you know they were asked this they, joe brady was asked in his press conference uh about Teddy is it is partially him is him kind of taking those underneath by choice is it you know is it because it's not there and Joe Brady was very diplomatic in that approach or and you know like a coach should be he's not gonna be like well Teddy Bridgewater don't got the arm strength to take advantage of it or 
you know, or he's too cautious. He is a little cautious in many ways, and that's okay, too. I think that's the type of player they expect him to be. But you're right, it was at the beginning, there felt like there was more of a um, concerted effort to get the ball down the field quicker, yeah. you know. Um, and, and the he problem was, was, he was is that he was missing them. He missed. He, yeah. he was he just. The, but he wasn't the, like egregiously missing them. That's the other right, part. Right. Like he was not like just he a yard was not or two overthrowing off. it by fifteen yards. You know, right. like Josh Allen had been the past three years. Um, he was he was just mistiming their routes. You know, or mistiming their like that Mike Davis throw there towards the end. It was he just out of the reach of Mike Davis out there. You know, and it was it was not a bad play. He was open. And then Robbie Anderson, he was open. He was going to get clocked if he got the ball. Oh, but he God, was going to get destroyed. Yeah. yeah, but he was open. You know, he, he had the opportunity. Um, and and so the, the thing that I think we need to take away from this is once Teddy does get that accuracy of the deep ball on point, our receivers are getting open. Like, they're talking about it. I mean, today, all the passes, aside from a few that were very misguided throws by Teddy Bridgewater, um, were to open receivers. And then there was that one really good one to Curtis Samuel there when it was a third down, just slid it in there. Like that was one of the best throws I think I've seen Teddy Bridgewater make. And that was just a, a 10 yard, you know, get the first down type of thing. Um, I am, I'm looking forward to seeing what he does, but I do, a lot of people want to, uh, you know, address the tank job and there is no way we're tanking. I said it when we got rule number one, he does not have the tank mentality. You know, he is not that type of a, you know, coach. He is not going to do that. Um, the, the way that they approached free agency told me they were not tanking. You don't sign a quarterback to a three-year deal if you're trying to get your franchise quarterback at the end of this one. Like, it just doesn't happen. You don't sign a, you know, a, a running back like Christian McCaffrey to the type of deal you're talking about if your plan is to not win this season. Yeah, you right? start doing some shit like Miami has done, and that is trading those. Just get rid of away. everybody. Get everybody out, yeah. So... Yeah, um, yeah. I, I bet you know. Is this is uh, one other thing is too is that Teddy is has the opportunity to get better from week to week as well. Like we yeah, can't. That's what I'm saying. Like we've seen exactly what he is entirely. We don't know entirely what Teddy Bridgewater is because we haven't seen him. Like somebody said, is they suffered a catastrophic injury, and he has been kind of in the backup purgatory land. Um. So we don't know is and you know he started to run the ball today, and these weren't designed runs or anything like that. But it, it was is he gaining confidence from week to week, and how does that affect his ability to take those shots when they're de- there down the field? But you're right, is they were just a little off. I have I'm, I find this hard to believe, but I mean, hey, I trust J Dub here. He says Teddy came into the game top five in deep ball accuracy. Yeah, that's what I was saying. Um, But it was only out of five throws. He only thrown five this year. Right, yeah. Okay, so it's got to, yeah. So, yeah, look, I'm very excited. I think really, you're right, is that it's not in the DNA of, I don't think it's a DNA of any professional to quit, to tank. I don't, I don't, I mean, I know that maybe GMs can start thinking about that through contract processes and this and that. But if your DNA is in in the locker room or in the meeting rooms is not to do exceptional every week, then you got a bunch of bums. 
uh, on your yeah. coaching staff and on your play on and your staff. So is that uh, whether or not we're going to win a lot is not whether or not we are choosing to tank. And again, the measurement for me for the Matt Rule era or to start was us getting better from week to week, and that started with him and his staff. And I think we've seen that. I think that Brady, Joe Brady, has been brilliant so far. I think his play calling, like now, I don't want to, when I say I don't know enough about X's and O's to be yeah. like this is what quantifies him as a genius. 100%. But but for me, I have an eye test, and if it feels panicked, if it feels reactionary, that's a problem. If it feels too aggressive or too conservative, and we have, yeah. we saw this with old offensive coordinators, it was either so vanilla right or so and or with the with the like ron rivera it was like right when he was about to get fired it was like all right it's time to be riverboat ron and go for it on fourth down every time i think what you have to do is just have balance and i think at times right at the beginning of this game there was some you know we come out throwing the ball on the first play of the game and you go oh man is this going to be one of those like you know spread them out games and no like yeah. we th- then we all then we fed mike davis and then as soon as he started getting hot we started poking away at their secondary and mm-hmm. on third uh third well when we had a lead we're throwing we're up 17 and we come out throwing on first down it yeah. was very I'm much really- like the play action last week and when we're trying to gl- grind the clock down so mm-hmm. i've been very excited what i've seen by joe brady i wanted to, and i know that everybody we have this ability in these types of forums to make you know judgments about people before we see them and i have been cautiously optimistic about joe brady i wanted to see and he's living up to the hype and i think even more so because i think it's just more balanced and um just it's very polished looking yeah no, it, it looks like they know what they're doing. Like, there is no confusion. Um, they seem to actually have practiced efficiently instead of, you know, what I feel like we see a lot of times with Ron Rivera's teams was, you know, they're, they, if, if, some, if another team did something, we didn't have an answer. We never did. There was no readjustment, right? And it just seems like we were, in, we were making play calls that were intelligent today. And that's not calling Ron Rivera dumb. I think Ron Rivera is just old school. And that's you know something that's hard to really succeed in this in this NFL. Hence, you're seeing what's happening to Washington, even though they have a, a great defense and you know what would seem to be an offense that should be able to make you know at least more than the the progress that they had been making. So I think that there's a lot of positives, and I, I have a you know I want to make a question. Did Curtis Samuel save his career with that catch? I know he did what he saved his he saved face with all the Curtis Samuel lovers, right? Yeah, um, it was a great catch. Yeah, I mean he's he had some good moves, and he, there was, in my opinion, I think the the issue is is his his ability to be on the field is is being limited because of the you know when you have Robbie Anderson and DJ Moore, I am worried that DJ Moore may lose the number one spot. I think he already has. I think Robbie Anderson is a clear number one on this team. Yeah, DJ I mean, Moore. It's it's weird to me because I, I don't I don't I haven't watched the a lot of tape on him, but I don't know what his his quality of routes are right now. 
Um, I feel like he should be good and he should be better and he should be getting the ball and they should be trying to get the ball to him more often than they are. And I do. My biggest worry is that Robbie Anderson is becoming Christian McCaffrey for Teddy Bridgewater, like what Christian McCaffrey was for Josh Allen last year. You know, yeah. or not Josh, Kyle Allen. Um, um, DJ Moore was for no, no, I, uh, for well, I'm just saying like a security blanket, you know, because yeah, yeah. or like Greg Olson was for Cam Newton. It's that that easy out that you know is going to be there if you need it, but. You know, but is it's making you not want to read to other opportunities. I don't think he's a one-read quarterback, but I do think that he is always looking for Robbie, and it's not a bad thing. Robbie's doing great. But... I think it's. I think it's. Uh, I think it's less. Uh, well, I won't say security blank. I think Robbie's just played well. He's played well at everything they've asked him yep. to do. You know, is he's been exciting. He's been. He's blocked, dude. As soon as we run the ball, the first thing he does. Uh, we threw that, uh, that, I think it was the Mike Davis touchdown, Robbie Anderson, and it might've been a swing pass or something like that. I don't remember if it was a run play. Robbie Anderson's tough. He plays every down hard. I've been disappointed with DJ's play this year. And it's not for me to like discipline, like he's not going to go home and cry himself to sleep because I'm disappointed, but I, uh, wanted to see him get better, uh, and this stage of his career and get be- getting better from week to week. And he's dropped a lot of those passes that were kind of mm-hmm. uh, that felt um, automatic in the past. Those slants yeah. today, he got popped hard. He was, he got popped hard on that, but you know, I mean, that's when you run those slants, that's what's going to happen. So I thought he was going to be getting, I'm surprised though, that um, still with his lessened play in a way, that Curtis Samuel hasn't been able to make a bigger impact in this yeah. offense. And I still find it bizarre when you say we're trying to figure trying to figure out him to get him in the mix. I don't like you didn't have to figure out how to get Robbie in the mix. Well, I'm not saying they're trying to figure it out. I'm saying that they're not doing enough to try to right. get him in the well, mix. I mean, like, and that's the thing and, though, is that if you have to figure it out, like what is the issue? I mean, it's strange. I don't think there is an issue. I've seen, like, if you see him with the ball in his hands, he is electric. Like, he is always fighting for yards. He is not giving up. He's giving it his all. It's just the the issue is, like, the one thing I was, one part, that one really good throw that Teddy Bridgewater threw, um, I felt like if he had stayed on his on his feet, he would have gotten much many more yards. But he was basically slide. He, he caught the ball and fell backwards just to make sure he got the first down. And if he had stayed on his feet, he might have gotten 10, 20, 30 extra yards. But I do think that Christian or uh, Curtis Samuel has that elusiveness, and you need to get him the ball. Like, you've got to get him the ball in space. The problem is, in the throws they've been giving him have been, like, you know, on the out routes, where you're going to be facing not only the secondary, but the linebackers. You know, you're, you're not giving him that opportunity to get down the field and actually catch the ball. And when you do that, and even, like, can we get rid of the the – the wide receiver motion where they hand the ball off. It has not worked at all. This doesn't season. work. It does has yeah. not worked at all. This it season. only works when you're like really passing the ball effectively and yeah. running the ball, you know, like it's, and it's kind of a gadget play in so many ways, yeah. but um, big shout out to Theo Osborne Osborne. He says, can we win the division? He sent $10 super chat says, can we win the division? Look at, I'm looking at the South, and Drew Brees looks a 1,000 years old. The Bucks aren't great, and the Falcons are. Well, the Falcons. I, you know, I, I think it's going to – if you look at the schedule, it's going to be tough. 
<laughs> right. It's going to be tough. I mean, you never yeah. know. Maybe this team catches a little lightning in the bottle, right? I don't know if we have the horses in the secondary yeah. though, to really handle big-time offenses. And the so- reason I think we do, the only reason, and the only one I'm super worried about is the Falcons. I know the Falcons are doing horrible this year, right? But they're they're moving the ball. It's not their offense. It's something. It's something's weird about the Falcons. Like they should, on paper, they should be doing really well, and they're not. But outside of that, um, the 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 only team that I'm worried about hurting our secondary is them. And you can sit here and look at the the game against what, in the our Bucks. division. You mean? Yeah, in our division oh, okay. because our div- Tom yeah. Brady, as the years as the as the season goes on, he has been known to have his strength in his arm decrease and decrease and decrease. Drew Brees has already seen that decrease in his arm strength, and it's not even weak. You know, he hasn't even played, uh, you know, five games this season. Uh, so I'm not worried about our secondary as much as I'm worried about our linebackers in those in- instances. Our linebackers, if they cannot stop those slot receivers or those or our nickel corners, even for that matter, if they cannot stop those, you know, tight ends. Now, Brady did get some bombs today. Don't get me wrong, but I'm not concerned about our secondary against those guys. Um, just for the fact that I think that their arms are not going to last all season. Dude, uh, Justin Herbert really lit up the Bucks defense today. I think it's going to be hard. All right, so I'm going to say no, all right, that we can't win the division or that we won't. How about that? Not that we can't, that we won't, right? And I think this yeah. is that I find is you're right, is something's weird in Atlanta. And the problem, though, is is that their offense has been very produ- productive. It's been prolific, actually, yeah. and but their defense has been terrible. So could we split with the Falcons? Certainly, right? Uh, yeah. But there is an opportunity that they could go off, and there's an opportunity we can take both. I think here the problem is is what, what I saw today is that the Bucks' main, I guess, defensive liability is over the top. Yeah. And right now, until we figure out how to – either develop the chemistry or develop the mm-hmm. g- game plan that it can exploit that it's going to be very difficult when they yep. are not scared of us over the top. And so that Justin Herbert almost beat the bucks today. That's the thing is yeah. he was throwing these deep bombs. To be fair, connected. they should have, they just let them score 28 unanswered points. So that yeah. defense uh, was still hurting just like they were last week against us. But for me is that there's some teams on the schedule right now that I won't say scare me, but yeah, is that I don't really think the oh, Panthers match I think scare up well. you is the absolute word you should be using. <laughs> um, when you said, when you talk about having to play the Chiefs, obviously, um, I think uh, the Lions, we don't match up well with them defensively. I think we could have some problems with their, with uh, this passing game. But I'm not like scared. I think for me, it's the Chiefs and the Packers. But I tell you, the schedule doesn't look as difficult as it did preseason, right? Mm-hmm. Until we see these teams, right? The the Saints, the Saints look vulnerable at times. Like it's not. Oh, not we could actually be. I was thinking, you know, at the beginning of the year, we were thinking there's no way you split with the Saints. Mm-mm. Yeah, uh, I mean, we... now it seems po- possible. I think and, I think it does until I think it seems possible unless they decide to see, sit uh, Drew Brees. And I know that sounds really odd. If you get Drew Brees 
out of there and you can actually run the offense you want to run, which is deep balls, getting the getting Michael Thomas out in a much bigger way as opposed to these dink and dunks. I think at that point, yes. I think the I think the 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 if they have a quarterback in Taysom Hill or whoever they have as their technical backup or Jameis Winston. I honestly, I know that sounds weird. I'd be afraid of Jameis Winston in this division with a with a, a coach like Sean Payton being able to you know revive his career. So I think that 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 would be the only thing I'd be worried about. You know, looking at the schedule, I say this is actually this week uh, going on the road to Atlanta might be a large determinant of of our success this year. Because if you can go into Atlanta and really get Dan Quinn fired, right? Um, You beat a division team, then you get the Bears, and the Bears are the worst 3-0 team that I've seen in a while, right? I mean, they're I'm not scared, you know, like that's another one. The Panthers, all of a sudden, they would be on a three-game winning streak. You split, maybe you lose to the, say, on the road to the Saints. Somehow, maybe you sweep the Falcons. You're going to lose to the Chiefs, probably. You're going to lose to the uh, Green Bay uh, Packers the way they've been playing. Yeah, um, and, and that's the other team that is, like, I don't think we match up well because they run the ball well and they have a quarterback that is just crazy good uh, with the – you know, and he take he plays aggressively. Like, he sees it, he sees the matchup, and he throws to the spot and he gives his guns an opportunity to win. And um, Tree 50 come in, great win. I don't have any negatives on this game. I agree. You know, the Broncos, the Vikings, the Lions, those are, and the, the Washington football team, all winnable games. So you right now, all of a sudden, it went from feeling like after that char, uh, we would be on a, f- a four game winning streak if we can get past the Falcons and then get past the Bears. That would be crazy. Greg's, maybe Greg was right. Maybe six games. Um, is going to be tough for us. I mean, or possible if not. So I say, look, we already got what two. We're two and two. Say you get the Bears is three. The I'll say this: the Vikings is four. The Broncos is five, and the Washington Football Team is six. If you win against uh, Atlanta, if you split with the Falcons, you're a seven-win team, maybe. That's crazy. It's insane to think that. All right, the number's 252-228-5098. Let's keep going with these cat calls. Yo, C3, long-time listener, first-time caller, Stack Showman over here. Just saying, all this talk about Tank for Trevor, I'm pretty much talking about Teddy Touchdowns over here. Looking <laughs> like we actually have a team, 31 points today on offense. I mean, without Christian, really kind of proves it. I mean, it kind of... Stinks having DJ Moore on the fantasy team, but Robbie Anderson putting up them points. Gotta love it. Great podcast. Love the show. See ya. Thanks for the call. First time caller, hopefully a long time caller from now on. Great call. Very uh, to the point there, Teddy Bridgewater. And that's really the story, the difference. We would have, um, in many ways, we were saying this in last week, we were talking about how the Chargers lost the game. And one of the reasons that they lost the game is because we weren't able to get it in the end zone and we weren't able to just win the game and take it away from them. Today, we got ahead. We Every time we were very productive in the red zone. Um, so this is what we wanted to see, guys. In week one, the offense came out and was surprisingly, I want to say surprisingly, but did kind of put up some excitement, right? 
you almost are there with Oakland. You're kind of have an opportunity, not Oakland, L, uh, Las Vegas. But, you know, okay, so tough home start. But, man, you're really starting to see this offense. You can see where it has some promise. But the defense yeah. was atrocious that game, right, is that we couldn't stop the run to save our life. And then we were letting uh, Derek Carr look fantastic. Yeah. And so then you go into week two. And, you know, um, the defense, the offense sputtered, yeah, right? And the defense yeah. was all right. It was a little bit better, but still you saw the holes, particularly in that run game where we weren't, you know, able to really do much. But then week three is a big step for this defense. They started to contain the run more. They started to get some pressure on the quarterback. Yeah. Week four – the defense is really coming, I won't say coming into its own, but making another charge forward. But you're also seeing the offense get a little bit back on track, right? Is that after that Chargers game, it was just hard for us because we couldn't get in the end zone. Yeah. And that was the part. And, like that. and, and yeah, it, again, in, in last week, I, I think that we saw improvement with our defense. We saw a step back from our offense, I felt like, last week um, without Christian being in the mix. But – I do also think that um, th things were progressing, and I said it last week even um, in that win. Yes, it may have looked really bad with Teddy. I'm not – like I said, I'm I am hoping he does well. There has never been a part of me that wants to say that I want him to fail because, honestly, I'm a Panthers fan first and foremost. And I think this – and I said last week, I said, if they actually can get their timing – this this is a group that's still learning one another. They haven't had the same reps in practice. They haven't had the preseason. They didn't have the things that, you know, most quarterbacks have to get to know their new receivers. And you saw it with uh, Tom Brady even. Tom Brady is just a little bit better of a, a quality leader, and he had a better backfield and a, and, and a coach that's been there before. But that first week didn't look like it. Didn't look like it to me when they faced the Saints and they got beat by the Saints. I mean, they did not look like a well, team. Tom that... Brady, his, he's doing something to me that's uncharacteristic of him, and maybe it's more characteristic of Tom Brady as late. Is not only is he just throwing picks, he's throwing pick sixes. Yeah, is what's and, that two in the on the year now? Yeah, uh, and there was one in that Saints game that was ultimately why they fell behind, and yep. there was one this week. A lot of comments, my buddy Bill from Las Vegas. He said, "I'm thinking not having CMC is good for the team right now." You're learning how to walk without the crutch. Yeah. And I think, yeah, is your divan uh, you know, it's kind of hard. Sometimes having players that are so great can make your game plan a little imbalanced. Well, that's that's why a lot of people think we did well in 2015. We got rid of our, our biggest weapon, and that was Kelvin Benjamin, which is weird to think about. You well, know, he that was our hurt that year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, we they got rid of, but like yeah. we didn't have him, and then Cam was forced to. That was the first year Cam didn't have a one guy to throw to outside of Greg Olson that he could rely on every time to catch the ball. He had a favorite, yeah, for the years before. Yeah, and he became a ball distributor yeah. that year. Is that nobody was great? Everybody had five, six catches. <clears throat> I think another thing too, it makes your. I won't say uh, it, it, it takes some pressure off of the play caller. Yeah. Like if you got Christian McCaffrey and you're not running the ball, like it seems ridiculous, you know, and no matter, but now you can call a run play when you want to run play, call a pass play when pass, pass play is most effective. Maybe that is 
I mean, obviously, um, I think it's given us some confidence and allowing some other guys to step into some positive roles on this team that yeah. um, that we need. We need guys to believe in themselves just as much yeah. as we do. And I'm not I'm certain they do, but you know, you give an opportunity for uh, Mike Davis to be a, a kind of a motivation to the team. You know, this yeah. guy that's had a hard road uh into the NFL show and and he's pumped for the opportunity. You hear Teddy Bridgewater uh, and they were talking about this on the pregame or during the game coverage about how Mike Davis said, you know, five years ago, I would have tried to be Christian McCaffrey. Now I'm just going to try to be Mike Davis. And they said something very similar to uh, Teddy Bridgewater is that there's a lot of pressure you're coming in. You got the Cam Newton thing. Give me, I'm not Cam Newton. I got to be Teddy yeah. BD. Um, so it, it, I think, um, again, I, I want to give a lot of credit to the coaching staff. And I've been, I think I've been pretty consistent with this since we started uh, the 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 season and that yeah. is is that I want is that I have not seen this team look out of sorts they haven't looked underprepared they have yeah they looked, don't they yeah, look like I, they've been here before yeah they don't feel like they're too big like the, it's too big of a stage for them which I like I love and I think that comes back to uh, again we can have this coaching debate all day but you know me and you I think we've always been on the same side of this but uh, you know, I think it goes back to coaching. These guys do not feel like they're overwhelmed by the experience, right? They, yeah. I mean, is and clearly in some ways, which is, uh, uh, I think it was Joey the Blind Panther that said this er- earlier. He said, uh, he said, if you want to get the most out of Ron Rivera, just act like you're going to fire him each week. Yeah, and it was the truth. It was like Ron Rivera's teams were the worst when you felt comfortable. By like it was like the worst after he was coach of the year. Um, but one of the things though is is that there were times where it didn't look like our play callers or the players on the field were on the same page in the past. And this even goes to Cam. How many times did you see the delay of game penalties? And you're like, are they not getting the play in fast enough? People would say yeah. it's Cam not being good with the language. It could be all different types of things. Uh, we didn't really know. So you get this really young coaching staff. Uh, they're not inexperienced, but they have yeah. limited experience. And you're right. It doesn't it, – it, you know what is that the game plans have been sound. The players um, – we're not making giant mistakes. Dante Jackson is a great example of this. Yeah, Dante Jackson is uh, that this coaching staff has raved about him and he has seemed uh, they put a lot and invested a lot in Dante this year because we didn't go and address the James Bradbury departure with anything other than a draft pick and poaching a guy off a practice squad, essentially. Yeah, they wanted to point out, I I think that this is. Uh, something that we should talk about too is because I think Dante Jackson, the mistake that people will point out is that pass interference, which was bogus, by the way. Can we talk about how bad the officiating was in this one, by the way? Yeah, I want to. Like, I, I saw a couple of people mention that that we didn't get the calls that the the refs. The, the false start by Greg Little. People wanted to bury Greg Little over. I'm like, he did not false start. That was the other guy. He was trying to let the uh, the the refs know that he came off sides. That was all on the other guy. You know, so that made him look bad when it wasn't even him. Dante Jackson did not do a pass interference. And in my opinion, Brian Burns did nothing. He didn't swing at the guy. He just pushed his head down. 
Yeah, I mean, I could see how you got he got it. I could see how he got it, and I could see how he was pissed too that this guy's pushing him and the whole damn plays over. But you know, that's what you do if you're an offensive lineman. You know, what I'm saying yeah. you get your shot on the quarterback if you're a D lineman if you can. So yeah, you don't want him to lose his cool like that. I think we were starting to get tired at that point where we we're getting those penalties in the at the mm-hmm. last drive. Is like finally they were go they went to that hurry up offense. And it was harder for us to substitute and do some different things. But you're right. I mean, the Dante Jackson, at looking at it, the, when I saw it live, I thought it was P.I., right? And that was just because there was a lot of contact. But when you look at it, when they showed it again, to me, it was he, if, if he was, was legal if he contact. Push, it was legal was. contact. And maybe it was offensive pass interference. I think it was more offensive because you saw the extension of the arm. And if Dante Jackson actually did push him, he pushed him closer to the ball, right? So it's not even like that wasn't a catchable ball. I mean, it's it, if if he had had some ability to contort his body to be able to catch that ball, then maybe. But that was just a bad call. All, I know it was on the three yard line, so it's not like this crazy big situation. But yeah, I, I, there there were just some calls that. And this is where I think that the the best part of this entire game is we did not get lucky. Like, it was not a luck type of a situation. Balls were not just flying into our receivers or our, our cornerbacks' hands. Uh, balls weren't being dropped and then bouncing our direction, right? It was not the way that it was happening. It was everything we did was us. And I think that is the most encouraging thing is we aren't relying on the fate of, of you know, the football gods to decide what we're going to be doing that game. All right, so this is was a sound win. Right, I highlighted yeah. we, we we highlighted our third down efficiency. We were one for one on fourth down, right? So you got to get yep. a fourth down conversion to kind of win. And I heard a cool co- a coach, this defensive coach, former for East Carolina Pirates. He comes on the same radio station I go on on Fridays for Pirate Radio, and he had an interesting way. And I want to go back and write the stats. I was in the car, but he said you should uh, you want to convert fifty percent or more of third and sevens. Yeah. Right? So if you're in the third and seven, if you are good and having a good day, you're going to create, you'll get 50% or more of those. He's basically said that you want to get 60% of third and like four and five, six yards, and then 70% of third and three and below was kind of his way of looking at it. And today I would be interested to see what our third down conversions were but we were uh, we played ahead of the chains the entire game. Mm-hmm. We did not have a lot of penalties. It did not feel like unnecessarily. Right. You know, there was the Greg Little one to start at the beginning, um, but other than that, it, there was a couple on the defense towards the end, but nothing major that was putting us in poor down and distance opportunities. Here's another stat that's very important about this game, and this is how the Panthers are really going to probably have to win against some of these more powerful offenses. Time of possession. We had the ball 37 minutes, and they had the ball 22 and uh, 23 yeah. minutes. So Unbelievable. We won, we won the stat categories um, when it comes to all of these things. You didn't have the – did we win the turnover battle? Let's see. What did – I don't know if – It was had, even. It was It was even because of that interception and then that fumble. The fumble. That was yeah. – yeah. Okay, and uh, clearly a fumble. Um, and you got to be heartened by Gross Matos play. I mean, I was excited. I'm excited because I think it's hard for a young um, defensive end 
to really uh, flourish in this first year when you're not mm -hmm. Jadavian Clowney or something like that. Yeah. Uh, if he, if he, well, he's going to get opportunity right now. That's yeah. the cool thing is that he's really getting an opportunity. He seems to be playing hard, even though he's had uh, some injury stuff. And Brian Burns looks like a man on a mission this year. Um, so yeah. very excited. He looks very motivated. So uh, good. Dude, I'm excited to talk too. about him. And they were talking about Gross Matos was getting in the backfield. He was always like, I am so excited for this exterior. And 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 to be fair, and in the defense of, of Marty Herney, again, I said that I think we have – this is so hard to say because, you know, we've been kind of on this train of Marty Herney's the reason, you know, he got rid of Cam. He got, it's just not a bad – he needs to be fired or whatever. But when you look at this draft, this is probably his best draft to date as far as performance out of our rookies up to this point, right? I don't think I've seen a better draft from him and, and have the, out, the actual performance from his rookies like he's had this year. You know, you well, have. I want it to be good. I tell you this though, is I thought that the 2015 draft for the Carolina Panthers was going to be that, and so yeah. we'll have to see in three years. But you're right. Right now, uh, Jeremy Chin leads the defense in tackles right now, or at least all uh, rookies in tackles. Yeah, all um, rookies in tackles. On the downside, though, uh, I and the one negative I do have to say about the defense is the place where it shouldn't be coming from is again not overly impressed, impressed by uh, Shaq Thompson. Yeah, there were yeah. he he got he got he got got uh, there on the outside. That was that big gain. Um, that was a pretty important, I think, third down, and he just got he was got beat. But he had some really good wrap ups, like that one wrap up when it was a screen pass. He wrapped that dude's leg and just did the alligator roll. Like he was not letting that dude go. I think there were some positives from him, but you're right. I mean, all in all, if he's supposed to be the leader of that that defense, which I don't know if he is, I almost feel like it's to here, which I still don't think we're seeing enough of him. Our biggest weakness, 100%. Well, that was good. We didn't hear his name called today. That's a good sign. Yeah. yeah. But my biggest concern out of this entire defense is not the defensive line. Oddly, it's not the secondary because they have found a way to pull it together. It is our middle line or our linebacker core. And just trying to figure out, even though that Chin's in there, I mean, I think they need to, they need to give him a much bigger role. Like, he needs to be the guy because he's clearly got – something going for him he's doing fantastic uh out there <clears throat> where is kk uh, kk was there i mean he was there he, he played just... today but the question is he had one tackle um i did like this one play is that there was one play that they ran it immediately or they threw a wide receiver screen or something and the guy he could have almost gotten a penalty for this he went <laughs> and just threw his body on the pile afterwards he's like i'm just gonna put this fat ass on y'all um <laughs> He has been struggling with an injury. I don't know what it is, right? I don't yeah. know if it's a foot or an ankle or, or what's going on with him. So that's one thing. Um, and and we something we kind of mentioned in the beginning is that, you know, has is just maybe we don't judge how he's playing entirely on his play alone, but how some of the other guys are benefiting from that. Tinge Ginger that's says KK was doubled. Yeah. I'd have to go back and look more carefully at what was going on, but it gives when you have a threat there beside Derek Brown, it gives Derek Brown uh, more favorable matchups. Yeah, and it didn't, uh, and also um, it uh, it, t it tends to help the defensive ends. Good question, right here, and I don't know the answer to it. 
Didn't Eli Apple clear waivers? What if we move Shaq to the middle and Chin to the outside and add Apple to the secondary and drop Whitehead? Um, I know there's a lot of movement right there. Is Shaq though? I've seen him play good in the middle before. Chin. I don't know. I mean, he's kind of a Swiss army knife at this point. I don't know if we, how, you know, that's an interesting idea. But the question is, Eli Apple, is he going to come back and make a difference for this team? I got to tell you this, he's going to have a hard time getting his job back from Russell Douglas. Um, Yeah, that's that's a part of it that, I, I mean, he was active today, guys, and Russell Douglas was the starter. You got to think about Eli that. Eli Apple was active today? Yeah, he was back today. He got, wow. and he went. He, he got re-injured. He got re-injured in the first half, playing on special teams or something. I didn't know that, man. Crazy. Yeah. All right. Interesting. Jermaine Carter, Tree Fifty, said with a big tackle today. Yeah, that was nice. Um, so, all right, let's go. Keep going. Make sure you smash the thumbs up button. Follow the C Three Panthers podcast. We're live on Tuesday nights at nine p.m. Wednesday nights, dropping picking with the professor. And uh, actually lost this game. I picked the Cardinals minus three and a half. Um, and the Panthers came out and impressed me today uh, with a big win. And were able to do it because they got in the end zone. And that really allowed them to play uh, a balanced game on both sides of the yeah. ball. 252-228-5098. Yeah. Carolina's Paul Cass. How y'all doing? Oh, what's up, Jake? G. Cavassier. <laughs> boy, 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 did y'all see that game? Before I say anything, that was a good-ass fucking game. That was yeah. a good game. Didn't that game look more balanced? Or that, it just yes. they, they seemed more fucking balanced on offense and defense. They seemed Great. really, really balanced. And maybe it took a little while to get used to Phil Snow's defense to get used to Joe Brady's offense. But to me, them boys look good. And shout out to the offensive line, man. Teddy had tremendous time back there in that damn pocket, man. I swear yes. he did, man. He made a mistake and threw a goddamn pick, which that shit pissed me off. You know what I'm saying? But, you know, it is what it is, man. I'm not mad. We two and two, fellas. We two and fucking two, man. If we keep this up, man, hey, like I said before, we could be fighting for a wild card spot, man. Never know, yeah, man. Yeah, I was really, 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 really satisfied with what I saw today, y'all. I really am, man. The boys came to play, man. They really did, man. Even KK was out there, man. And did you see that one play that Greg Little did, man? It was like Just a down pass play or a run play. And he, man, Greg Little little laid that dude the fuck out. I was like, damn. I said, That's the Greg Little I want to see right there. To man. be fair on that this one, though. With, without O'Con or whatever. A left tackle. You know what I'm saying? So. That's all I got to say. Love y'all to death, all the fans out there, and always remember y'all keep pounding. Great call, G. Great call. Yeah, love that. Part of the podcast. Um, I was going to say that that is a um, that (laughs) he may have gotten away with the penalty on that one. The ball was still in the air in the air when he started to engage with that guy, Mm -hmm. and that's technically pass interference. Um, I had to go back. I was looking at because I was like, did he just get perfectly timed right there? And it was it was probably about three or four feet away from uh who was it Robbie Anderson whoever it was uh, before it actually he, when he just knocked that dude on his ass bro. Well, I think uh, first I think G I agree with his call one hundred percent, and I think the word today was balanced. Right? Yeah. Is that the offense was productive? The defense was productive. 
Joey Sly did miss his first field goal. Or not uh, yeah. I think it was his missed. Yeah, his first, first real three point field goal, yeah. Yeah. Um but balance, like we, we didn't look vulnerable on special teams, which is really a big story. Chase Blackburn has this t- the special teams playing well for the Carolina Panthers right now. Um yeah, I, I think balanced is the the appropriate description of today's game from player yeah. performance to coaching. Um, like we've kind of highlighted throughout the show at this point. And one I like just to finish up on the Greg Little comment. I think it says a lot about Greg Little and the coaching staff that he came out and played well today. Yeah. After the performance he had last week, you know, you could see how, um, I won't say, I don't know if in the past we would have given up on somebody because in the past we just keep doing the same crap and it never got any better felt like, but, um, you know, we saw Matt Rule congratulate or compliment Greg Little on a short week last week, having to, you know, prepare to be a starter and stuff. And that, and did he get benched over performance? It looks like it in that game at this point. Yeah. But they came back out. They probably got him the reps. In, and so they showed belief in him, and Greg Little rose to the occasion today. I'm going to tell you, like, I cannot tell you how much – like, I know this sounds like we're really – pouring on the praise for this coaching staff, but I cannot tell you I how much I, I am impressed with the way this coaching staff is handling things. And it's not just a matter of play call. The way they're handling players is amazing, right? They're building people up. They're building Dante Jackson up. They're building. I don't know if you guys saw the stuff like when Dante, ja- like he is being like praised instead of just vilified for everything he's doing on the field. Right. Um, and the same thing with Greg Little. He would not be – if he wasn't given this opportunity today, he's going to continue to go on a downward spiral, right? And he came in, he stepped up because this coaching staff believes in their players. If you made the 53-man roster on the Panthers, they believe in you, right? And if they don't believe in you, then you know they don't believe in you. You're not on the team anymore. But if you're on the team, they have 100% confidence in you, and that's what you can tell with the fact that Obata has been playing – uh, Gross Matos has been in there. You've seen Pride Jr. in there. You're seeing Razul Douglas get an opportunity. You're seeing Dante Jackson, even though he comes out every other quarter for being hurt for a minute. Um, you know, you're seeing them praise him and build him up. You're seeing our offensive line being given opportunities, and then they're stepping up to the plate. I mean, you're seeing this coaching staff put them in a put these guys on this pedestal and these guys are living up to it. And that's what I love about it is it just feels like it's a team that actually is fighting for one another. They believe in what they're doing and what their coaching staff is trying to create there. And I think that can go a long way. I just hope that this season can continue on the route that it is where we just show progression every single week and we don't take a big step backwards because I think with a young team like this, there is a risk involved with having a lot of youngins. And that is that, they're not mentally capable of handling a lot of these like seven, eight game win or losing streaks, right? Or getting beat by 50 points. So you have those opportunities. Now all of a sudden it's like Dante Jackson was two years ago on all or nothing when he was just felt like he was being demoralized. Yeah. Demoralized. yeah. yeah. Um, no, I agree 100% with that. And really, you know, we had uh, we were just glowing, uh, optimistic across the board. Other than Greg, who was like a wait until I see it type when it came to this coaching staff. It was when when it first when we hired, when we made the decision, we got this guy. He got us ready to run through walls <laughs> with his opening press conference and stuff like that. 
mm-hmm. was really the Cam news that really kind of sent us. It was like a diversion from that glowy optimism, you know. Is that? Yeah. But right now, um, that <clears throat> they look prepared, right? Um, yeah. I mean, even I think even the smallest thing is Matt Rule. I think has finally figured out he wants the face shield. Yeah. Right. Is that he was switching back and forth in game one or two? I mean, uh, is that, and you're right, is in, in what sense? And to be honest, I think there was a, I think Ron Rivera, when he had success in 2015, actually became a worse coach. Yeah. And oh, I agree. The, re- the reason we I saw believe, a flip. yeah. And I, you know, Ron Rivera in his opening years fell on the sword for everybody. For his play, now he might in closed doors might be reaming and screaming at his players or something like that, but yeah. he was coming out and he would finish those tough years with like we've got it starts with us we've got to do better we got to get these guys prepared you know all of that. I felt like after he the 2015 season, he started to throw people under the bus more. Yeah, like and you got to remember out. he won the uh, coach of the year twice. So right. that's that's on on his like you know on his resume now right yeah it's sort of like you see you see Pat Mahomes after he had his MVP season he's out on the field doing this stuff right you know like like you know Cam Newton was super confident because he came out and he was doing stuff right you know when these guys get this success a lot of times they do it goes to their head and it's just human nature um, but uh, but you know what is the sense in tearing down your your players in public right is that so i think it's like uh, particularly with young players probably is that they're gonna you know you have to know what how people respond yeah and there were um there was a comment earlier in the chat room that said that maybe or suggested that potentially the the coaching staff had did a disservice to cam in his career by not challenging him more yeah. Um. And there's been questions if he was coddled or some things like that. But there's, uh, like, you have to recognize if you're a coach, like, um, personality traits of your players. Yeah. And so yeah. if they and you need to know, be able to find out what helps motivate them and be more confident in themselves. And so I think I would be disheartened if Matt Rule, like, he should be just glowing about his players right now because they're trying to no. build. And and I think it's part of his DNA. I don't think it's uh, inauthentic either. Is that uh, you know Derek Brown when he had a couple of penalties in the beginning of the season, even people on the podcast were like, "Look at this, look at this," and it's just it's. Um, and he's like, "Look, this is going to be fine. This dude's playing country strong, and you know it'll." Yeah. And I think that it, uh, Dante Jackson continues to be the major storyline to me. Maybe Greg Little is going to become one. Oh, and I forgot to mention today. You want to talk about balance, G. Kavasi? I guess who caught a touchdown? Didn't Ian Thomas catch a yeah, touchdown? Yeah, Ian Thomas play? finally. Yeah, finally. Um, he did. And uh, and uh, what Chris about Manhurt that man fighting? Hurts? Oh God! Fighting like a, a badass mug, player, right there. dude. Man, so, that would have um, been incredible. Can we talk about? Can we let's let's heap some praise on Teddy Bridgewater for a moment? Okay, that twenty-yard touchdown run. That was sick. It was, and him like dragging his feet. It kind of, uh, it, it is kind of resemblance of the Sam Darnold one. Yeah, the other yeah. night no, on yeah, Thursday yeah. Night Football is yeah. Um, but yeah, is that Teddy? I think, and this is going to be important. 
is, you know, we have, and it's hard for us to remember this, is that Teddy is out there trying to beat back the demons in his own head that go back to his own injury and troubles to his success before that injury. And um, he, if he continues to gain confidence, his play will only improve. Yeah. So is that maybe we will see the offensive, the offense become a little bit more explosive as yeah. Teddy gets more experience, more confident, um, and more confident in himself. So yeah, it's exciting. It's exciting. I actually think I've been very impressed with Manhurts. Um, is we have not, but in fairness too, there's been lots of times where he's not been the great blocker they've been talking about. But he's actually starting to contribute uh, to this offense, and we need him to because you can't have one tight end in the league. Like, you need to have a tight end that's competent. Multiple tight end, yeah. Yeah, they just need to be competent. So very uh, very happy for this team um, and in the direction two weeks in a row, getting better from week to week. And if we can get Dan Quinn fired, that's got to be our mantra this week. Get Dan Quinn fired. Because then we're on a three-game winning streak, and then we're gonna go in. We're gonna get Chicago at home, and we're gonna be on a four-game winning streak. Um, dude, it, this game has done nothing but make me believe that this team is going to continue to get better. And maybe those games that we thought were gonna be tough aren't gonna be as bad, right? Like we, every team that I saw on the uh, on the on the actual schedule, I was thinking. Oh, we're going to lose to them. I I really thought there was a chance we go oh you know winless this year. I mean, just because we're not, it's not a a cakewalk of a schedule by any stretch, and uh, it just and because we've got new, we didn't know what to expect out of Bridgewater. We don't know what to expect out of this coaching staff. And one game in, we were already you know judging this coaching staff for not being quality. Made oh that was a horrible play, horrible call, horrible play, horrible call. Um, it's week two, same thing. Week three, we were still giving them a little bit, but we're like, yeah, they played, yeah, they did a little bit better as far as play calling this year, this game. And then this, this just made me realize like these guys are just learning the ropes. They're getting, and what I'm liking about it is all these teams we're facing. Every time we face a new opponent, there's more and more tape on that opponent than the previous opponent the last week. So they have more to look at. Yeah, and it seems like too. Just one other thing uh, to follow up. We got to power through some of these calls. Is that some of the teams that we thought um, weren't going to be good are better than we gave them credit for? You know, is that look Oakland or Oakland, Las Vegas? They're not playing well right now, actually. But um, you know, Arizona was a little bit stronger of a team than than we expected, or at least it seemed like that after week two. Uh, we haven't been playing dumpster fires, you know what I'm saying? Is that, and we have been uh, competitive. And you know, you think if you could have just won that Oakland, uh, the Las Vegas game, this team yeah. is like really in a good spot here. Um, you're right. Is that I, I saw? I had some of the concerns too. I thought some of these teams were going to be better than they were, but now, uh, right now, Atlanta can't win. Um, there's some other things that are going on that are help, you know, giving us an opportunity. So very exciting time for the Panthers. And I would like to remind this is that, um, and, and people are pointing it out left and right in the chat room is, you know, that, uh, Matt rules the real deal. He's genuine as humble flip. No fool says, um, that we got this continued reference to Matt rule. Here's Barry Barisha, uh, Matt Rule turned around two garbage pro- college programs, Temple and Baylor, within a short period of time. Trust the process. Look at what's going on in New York with the New York Jets right now. 
They, oh, God. You know, they interviewed Matt Rule before, and he didn't get the job. They gave it to Adam Gase. That uh, was last, uh, year, last year? Two years ago. Yeah. Yeah. Two years ago, I think. Because Gase had, yeah. well, basically, it's like a year and a half now. Uh, and Matt Rule came in and said, if I'm going to join this, like, he's like, I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to bring in my guys. And they didn't like that independence. And, yeah. And they didn't give it to him. So I have uh, my buddy sending me, always sends me a message about like, oh, man, look, Matt Rule's look, look, looking good right now. And also think you can also look at what the, the Giants are not looking good. Uh, overall and uh, so look very happy with this uh, this coaching staff so far 252-228-5098 let's go to boy j-dub dude all you motherfucking negative nancy debbie downer fucking (laughs) hit the panic button in two fucking seconds know nothing about fucking football and how franchises are built goddamn pussy ass 2015, only when Cam was drafted, wasn't here for 2-14. and 14. Bitch-ass wannabe Panther fans, suck it, motherfuckers. I told you to keep your fucking panties on, and we are just fine. We can still clean up a few things. The penalties was a little bit too much. Brian Burns had a little personal foul. Shaq had a really bad open field thing. It cost us. Teddy had that stupid, you know, interception. It wasn't a fucking perfect slide. Missed the fucking field goal again. But, God damn it, we're putting it together and playing team Football. These guys have each other's back. They're fucking helping each other out. Everyone's high-fiving and helping each other. I mean, it looks like fucking an actual team of football. Like football is a team game. 53, motherfucker, and however many on the practice squad, all the uh, everybody. Man, all you fucking doubters. I'm so fucking sick of you, motherfuckers. I hope you're goddamn happy. I'm glad it didn't take fucking a year to two years to wait for this shit because I'm already seeing it. We might not be world beaters, but I am seeing the culture. I am seeing the team come together. And it ain't perfect, but God, why would it be after fucking four games? Come on. Like, most of you don't know football and don't know, how, like, haven't seen us at our worst. Like, we've been way worse than this. Way worse. If we add a little bit of roster to this in the future, oh, my God. And plus, we're already figuring out who's on our team right now. Get the fuck out of here. Fucking start four rookies on goddamn defense. Say something. And they are fucking balling out. It takes time. Give them a fucking time. You can't call them a buck after week one, week two, week three. How do you like me now? How do you like Matt Rule now? What's really up, Panther Nation? What? Fucking keep your panties on. Quit fighting each other. Go be a campaign if you want this fine. But don't fuck with this team. Let us fucking do our thing. Quit fucking all the fighting and negativity. Let's ride with this goddamn team. Keep pounding is not just the same. All right? Get him, Teddy, two, two gloves. Get that shit. McCaffrey, take your time to rest up, bro. Let's fucking get this shit. Jeremy Chain, keep balling. I see you, bro. Robbie Anderson, glad we got you, thug. Let's fucking go. This is Jada, motherfuckers. Keep your goddamn <laughs> panties on and keep pounding. Let's get it. Uh, if your ears aren't bleeding at this point, <laughs> uh, that's all. There, uh, that's all. There, uh, the uh, there is some funniness to the idea of don't be negative as I scream motherfucker at you over and over. <laughs> uh, no, but J Dub, I think I mean we're. I'm right. Uh, you're right. You're right, dude. You're right. And that's the thing is first. It, and and I've been and I think uh, I've 
actually been very positive about this coaching staff and I don't need to defend like my, like is, and I know J dub listens to the show weekly and stuff like that. So he knows like we have looked prepared. We've looked prepared. I have seen more talented teams uh, of the Carolina Panthers look less prepared on a weekly basis than this team. That is arguably it's just young. You know, you can't even say it's not talented. You can't even say we have it. We actually have more talent than maybe even give our credit credit for a little bit. But you're right. I mean, you're starting four people on defense, four rookies on defense. The I this has looked better than I expected it to look, and that wasn't me being negative. It was me thinking, man, we're going to have this is going to be a process. Yep. But the coaching staff. And for me, it was less about Phil Snow and Matt Rule and more just interested to see how Joe Brady was going to work in the NFL with, the, you know, is there was a lot of hype and everything is clicking. Um, and that might not mean playoffs this year. It might. I mean, if it was, that would be crazy. It would be crazy yeah. cool. Um, but the idea that – um again I said from the very beginning even if we went winless and we look better from week to week I would be happy and this team looks competent and I already can say and know that I feel good about the the way the team looks and and look we've seen a lot of other teams try to do what the Panthers are doing that is move on from their gener- you know their quarterback bring in a new head coach and we have seen a disaster after disaster after disaster as well when it comes to other teams around the league and how long it's taken them to get out of this coaching hell. Yep. So, no, I, I think all signs are a go for this coaching staff. The question is, is um, how long are you going to be able to keep Joe Brady? Right. I mean, if, yeah, that, if you, <laughs> that was the that was what a lot of people were talking about before. And I could see he is he's just sharp, man. I, and I what you know what I like about this staff, too, is they haven't panicked. Can we talk yeah. about the fact that this like, again, the staff itself has not has not panicked. They have not they have not just changed up the way that they do things. They they came in with an idea and they said it on the broadcast. And it's something we talked about even last week. I think, Tony, this team is still trying to figure out their identity. And today, I think, was a big step towards finding out what they want to be. And what they want to be is somebody who just is efficient. Like yeah. it does not need to be this. And it's something that that Drew Brees and Sean Payton have mastered. It was something that Bill Belichick and Tom Brady mastered. And that is every play doesn't need every every series of downs does not require a deep ball. Right? It does not. It does not require you go crazy. Um, but at the same time, it does not require that you remain overly conservative with every every even if you are ahead. And that's what I liked about this too. We did not like go into this Ron Rivera mode of we're just going to run out the clock until it was like the last five minutes of the fourth quarter. Right. So they're definitely doing great. And I'm sorry. Let me ask you, Tony, do you think Paradis has been doing a good job at center? Yeah. I got to say is that um, right now is again, he's gotten better from week to week. Yeah. Gotten better from week to week. In the he had a tough matchup. Uh, I feel like in week, well, I don't know if week one was a tough matchup with loss. I feel like he's had some. He's had to play 
That Tampa yeah. game is tough for him. He's going against a lot of talent on that front. Um, they yeah. got uh, Vita Vea, um, and I know that. But, I mean, is. even in that, they didn't like – it wasn't like he crumbled, right? Um, but what I, I guess my thing is is not to double down on Matt you know, or uh, Marty Herney being a good GM, but that was a hire that took place last year. That was a signing that took place last year, and it worked out very well. And that was a longer-term deal, right? It wasn't one that was just a one-year deal like the Gerald McCoy and the Bruce Irving, right? Uh, all of these moves that have been more long-term – like Teddy Bridgewater, like Robbie Anderson, like Matt Paradis, and then the draft. I mean, you guys have got to give it to Herney. I mean, Cody wants to be mad at him. Yeah, he's been better in free agency. So his his problem in the past was contracts. Yeah. Now we did pay a running back a lot. I know. So, um, well, we, we know, paid again, and, and this is something that people want to talk about. You forget that he's still playing out his the rest of his two years on his rookie contract, like he's still got the fourth and the fifth year option, and then this was an extension on top of that. So, really, if you look at what he's making over the next seven years, he's not making a tremendous amount of money in comparison to other running backs. So, I, I think we've got to keep that in mind that, yeah, the, his deal I mean, was somewhat of a upset friendly with deal. It. Like, I'm not even upset with it, is that. Um, I think is that look his Matt rule, Matt Matt rule, Marty Herney. He's just had a mixed bag in his drafts a little bit, you know. Is that yeah. you're sitting here going, oh, it goes back to the Will really. If you could eradicate the Will Greer pick and the Rashawn Golden pick, yeah, we would feel a lot better about Marty Herney. Yeah, and if for some reason he would have had the nuts to pick. Butker over over Gano. top of Gano. Yep. Yeah. Like then he would be, but you know, we had never had money. We haven't really had a lot of money still in free agency. We're already, we're going to be just first getting it next year. Like we yeah. actually can have some cash to do some stuff. And as long as we don't go like on a spending spree, like it, it could be, it could benefit us quickly. Um, but look, is this is I still think Marty Herney has done the best in free agency that we've had in a long time. And if you go back, is that the it started with his first year? He goes and gets Brashard Breland, and mm-hmm. it looks like man, this is really going to help our defense. Then he had the funky foot injury where he didn't pass. But imagine when you go out and you're aggressive on basically day one of a free agency and your plan going forward is like this is going to happen then we're going to try to do this and this and plan a falls apart right yeah. from the beginning he was then able to scoop up don terry poe and poe whether or not he worked out as well or as bad you know is is up for debate but i think it was a decent move given the circumstances uh the following year was Paradis acquisition? No, we, yeah, we got Paradis, Paradis, and, and Gerald, Gerald McCoy, McCoy, Bruce Irving. Yeah, and uh, um, and you know what? Is the Panthers were kind of loading up and for a, a last dash with Cam to see they what sound, was going to happen. They signed Eric Reed to a very friendly so in, in, a, in an off season where safeties were getting paid bank. Signed Ed, or Eric Reed to a very team friendly deal that was a three year deal before we cut him. Now, now, there are some questions that are surrounding Marty Herney. And one a question I have, and I don't know, and it hasn't turned out to bite us in the butt so much, but didn't we, like, extend Eric Reed? 
and then just cut him right after we did that? No, he played one year on his extension because he had the first year with us. Okay. That was a one-year okay. deal. Then we re-signed him the next year, and he played last year, and that was his first year on that new deal. Okay. And then we cut him this past offseason. Okay, so we did get – it wasn't like we just paid him and then cut him the next day. Correct. Yeah, um, it, wasn't a, it wasn't a Kyle Allen situation where we paid him and then cut and then traded him. Yeah, so – and really, the one thing, though, I and I don't know if you can do it now right is the way that we hired the coach and some stuff is maybe the Marty Herney is a guy that could work well with the staff is I just wanted there to be a more lockstep vision between the coaching staff and the GM. So what I don't like, and, and I don't think that Matt rule is hopefully, and we'll see what kind of metal Tepper's made of and the character, I guess, of the organization in some ways is that the fear I have is that when you hire the coach first or when you hire these guys separate and they're not like a tandem, it almost seems like a GM and a coach should come together and leave together. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Instead of getting that one or two years of finger pointing. Yeah. That's what I worry about. There's almost like this battle between a GM and a head coach. Like, like anytime you see it um, and, and I think you saw it on, I don't know if you guys ever saw draft day. But you almost right. had this like con like it's it's like a war between the GM. Like if they come in as a unified front, like similar to like Matt Rule bringing in his team, like he brought in the people he wanted. He brought in the defensive coordinator he wanted. He brought in the offensive coordinator he wanted. He's got players that he wanted, and the team seems to mesh. If you bring in a GM who brings in the coach that he wants, that brings in the the and then that coach, you know, I feel like you have a much more unified front. I don't think that there is a uh, I don't feel like there's a separation of vision between Marty Herney and and uh, and uh, Matt Rule personally. No, no, I mean it doesn't. I mean, look, his his Matt Rule has been very complimentary of Marty Herney. Um, yeah. The one thing I think that actually probably surprised us a little bit was that Marty Herney um, had as much influence on this draft as at least they've indicated. Yeah. Um, or at least Matt Rule is indicated. In some ways, it almost the uh, the attitude the uh, is like he's the seasoned guy on draft day. I'm going to let him do his thing, and I just figured that Matt Rule would be a little bit more involved. But at the same time, it sounds like Phil Snow was heavily involved in this draft preparation. They talked yeah. about scouting scouting Justin Herbert. He was involved in that process himself. As, you know, see the defensive guys scouting offensive players. Which I think is a you know shows a lot about Phil Snow's mm-hmm. uh, capability, but then you go and get seven defensive players. So we'll see, we'll see how you know as Matt Rule comes into his own, how this relationship uh, blossoms or if it continues. And uh, Tinge Gen- uh, Tinge Ginger, I you know I probably have to agree with this. Is Hernia is better than Gettleman? Yeah. I and I hate to say that because I was fooled by Gettleman in the beginning. I thought, yeah, Gettleman I think was we the real deal, dude. And well, I think we were fooled by a lot. Wasn't. Yeah, we were fooled by a lot because we won three division titles in a row. That's why. You know, there's we said, and he got us winning. out of salary cap. The thing was, yeah. is he came in with bad money circumstances and made a lot out of it. Yeah, in the initial, and that's when we really started to respect him as this idea that he was able to basically pick through the bargain bin and yeah. put together some good damn teams. 
most importantly, that 2013 team where we went 12 and four and yeah. you did it with like, uh, um, Oh, look about this. It says this. Here's an interesting thing right here. It says the stream's current bit rate is higher than we recommend on YouTube. That's crazy. It's interesting. Well, I, that might be – we'll have to mess with it. If you get off and you don't have anything to do, I can we can look at it and right. see if we can get it up to 1080 because I'm pretty sure it's not in 1080 right now. All right. But, um, all right. So, uh, yeah, uh, interesting call so far. I like uh, – mm -hmm. it's, it's nice to win. It also shows you this. We got sixty nine viewers here, um, deep into the show right here. Um, Panther Nation excited to be back. And look, is that I think we're starting to settle down in our feelings a little bit. Yeah. And you know, a couple of wins helps us. Guess who we haven't just talked about incessantly on the show? COVID Cam. Cam. Yeah. Uh, so that's a good thing. Hey fellas, how's it going? It's Jason from Colorado. What's Greg's up, uh, doppelganger, I think, is what you called me last week. Um, <laughs> feels good. Get a second win out of the team. I'm really looking forward to the rest of the season. This game will be super optimistic about our potential. Um, you know, we had a lot of good things going on, both offensively and defensively. I thought Derek Brown really impressed me today. He was uh, getting his penetration and uh, making some good run stops. Um, Brian Burns was just all over Kyler Murray. I think that, that Kyler might start to dislike Brian a little bit because even on even when he wasn't getting sacks, he was still knocking him to the ground several times, and I I always love to see that. And uh, Mike Davis, has, I I don't think maybe Marshawn Lynch was better at breaking tackles than he was this game, but I mean any I don't I don't think he went down after on first contact once. I mean maybe he did. I just didn't see it, but. Um, it was really impressive to watch him get out there and, and make himself heard. And um, we had good – I mean, it helps when you got good pass protection and good run blocking. That's something that I feel – I feel like our run blocking was subpar last week. But this week it seemed like we were really able to get out in front. There was one player, Paradis, and, and Reed I think was his name. I don't, I don't know that guy very well. But they both got, got downfield and made some good blocks for Curtis Samuel who – um, showed up and made, had himself heard too. Um, Teddy did a great job distributing the ball. I don't think there was really one standout player on offense except for Teddy. He was, he had an awesome completion percentage. He threw the one interception, but I mean, nobody's perfect. Um, one of the things that we were criticizing for last week was not taking those shots down the field, but there were, there were several chunk plays that we were able to take advantage of this week. And I, I think that really shows the evolution of the, of Joe Brady's offense, they're they're starting to get into their stride and feel confident, and they're playing fast, and and that goes for the defense as well. It's really great to see um, special teams uh, continuing to impress. You know, they uh, had that block, like, got a hand on the punt, but then actually got out of the way to not draw the penalty. So that shows some smart football. They're they're playing pretty disciplined. There were a couple snafus out there with you know when Brian Burns got a up in that offensive lineman space and do the personal flag or personal foul. You know, it's, it's going to happen. They're a young team, but um, yeah, I'm super happy. It was a great game. I know it kind of is, is ruining our shots at getting Trevor Lawrence, but at this point, you know, I think that we can really improve this team by, by simply drafting. Well, I don't think we need to draft high. I think we need to draft well. 
And I, that's evidence. I mean, look at Washington. Their first round 2019 quarterback is really not doing. Let's see. We got one. He probably got a back end of this call. I'm really going to start working on getting my thoughts out quicker. But, um, yeah, I mean, the, you know, we did hurt our draft position today, but I don't I don't think that matters. I like the win. I like the fact that the, that the team is playing well and clicking and driving. Um, one of the things I wanted to ask you all about was, you know, you had your guest on last week talking about the Arizona Cardinals, and, and he was saying that uh, one of the things you asked him about was um, how they're playing Isaiah Simmons versus how, you know, we're playing Jeremy Chin. And, I mean, going into this week – Chin led all rookies with in tackles versus you look at Isaiah Simmons, who when he was targeted in coverage, quarterbacks went four for four for 94 yards and two touchdowns. I mean, Isaiah Simmons was getting torched. And I know that, you know, the, the guy that you had on last week was saying that you um, you need to take your time with rookies and let them develop and such. But what do you guys think? I, I feel like it's way better to get your players in the game and get them experienced rather than having them sit out and watch from the sidelines. You learn by doing and um, but anyway, I think the chin so far has turned out to be a much better pick than Simmons. Um, I know that Cody, you might disagree with that from seeing his games in Clemson, but as as you guys all know, college performance does not always necessarily translate into performance in the NFL. It could be a weakness of scheme, could be a weakness of coaching, but so far I'm really impressed with um, with the, the the vision of the organization in passing up on Isaiah Simmons, getting Derek Brown. And Jeremy Chin, you know, at, at the time, I probably, you know, I, I couldn't comment. I don't watch a whole lot of college football, so I don't really know these guys as well as you do. But um, I think that that shows vision in our drafting, and I think if we can put that same vision to work in future drafts, I don't think that we've hurt our prospects as much by getting the win today. But anyway, um, I'm just blabbering on now. Um, thanks for uh, all the uh, hard work that you guys put into the podcast. I love listening to it. Keep pounding, and uh, we'll see. Great call, man. Fantastic call. I agree with, like, pretty much every point. Um, and I do want to put out here, I want to give you all a little blessing right here, is that there is a uh... – all right, so what I like about that call right there is, one, that it, what it tells us is that the – that drafting well – is not it's about it's not just about position it's about drafting well and there's an inch and that he made that comment as an interesting comment uh came up in the chat room and that is that dave gettleman really set this this team back and it's absolutely right is that dave gettleman almost kind of bought into his own ego uh after 2015 and when they rescinded the franchise tag on josh norman is when the whole thing went to shit. And I'm not saying that Josh Norman would have made our team this epic thing. But what Dave Gettleman always said is he broke his own rule that year. And he said that you use free agency to set up the draft. And when he put he backed himself into a corner that year. And what we had to do is we drafted three back corners back-to-back, and only one of them worked out. We went with James Bradbury, Zach Sanchez, and there was – oh, Daryl Worley was the yeah, other one. Yeah, I was going to say, yep. And he it backed was himself into that Three kings or three amigos or something like that. Yep. Yeah, and he backed himself into that corner. And then these uh, mistakes were complicated by um, – Another thing is that one is that he drafted Kelvin Benjamin and people said he was unknown slacker. 
<coughs> at Florida State. But I really wish we we had the opportunity to get Allen Robinson that year. What a well, that would have been great. He did not ever address the left tackle position until it became too late, and then he made the bad bet and he bet on Matt Khalil. And the best part of the Matt Khalil deal is his wife's picture that I have up here from Sports Illustrated Swimsuit Edition. But other than that, he was a complete bum, right? And it was Dave Gettleman put him back himself into his own corner, and it turned out problematic. What we Understood. need is um, what we need is we need to have we need to draft well wherever our position is if we're 12th if we're 8th if we're 7th and we can't have another Vernon Butler we can't we've got to have a good solid draft and it looks like yep. we may have had that this year Derek Brown all signs this guy is going to be a dominant force in the NFL it might not be the most sexy position uh, I do think here and I want to say this is I've I, I have concerns about when we get kind of this draft, the numbers from the combine can sometimes woo us so yeah. much. Yeah. And I wonder if Isaiah, now Isaiah Simmons has expressed frustration already about how the team's using him. So it's not, you know, how, what they're doing, you know, there's some things going on. It's not on here. living up to his expectations. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and so he's disappointed too. But I also think too is that sometimes. Like, you need to get Chin at a deal. You don't need to get Chin in the first round. And sometimes yeah. maybe you overpaid for Isaiah Simmons. And Derrick Brown is what this defense needed more at this moment than Isaiah Simmons. I, I truly believe that, is we could not stop the run up the middle at all. And KK being back was not going to help it. We no more Kyle Love as being a Band-Aid. We have Derrick Brown for five years. We can build a front now that is mean and tough and strong. And yeah. I'm, I'm excited about that. So, yeah, I think it was a great call. Um, and, and it brought out, teased out a lot of things when it comes to how we need to approach uh, going forward and building. And it's not going to be a one-hit one. Now, yes, getting a franchise quarterback can change a franchise. It can. You can see what teams that don't have a franchise quarterback, how they're all um, struggling to find one. But at the same time, that's not the only way. Is that like you can draft a, a franchise quarterback, him be great, but if you don't build around him in a in a sound and wise way through the draft and through free agency, it's not going to go as easily as you would think. Um, so, good call. Keep going through it. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What's up, guys? What's up, Joey? It's Joey again. Or not again, I didn't call. But anyway, second win in a row. First home win. 5,240 fans that were there. Uh, Yeah, man, it was a great game. I mean, punishing drive. I mean, long punishing drives. Yep. Our offense taking big bites out of them. Like, you know, like the Cardinals to us were like a big, you know, Wieter Bierstein that, you know, we took pretty good sized swigs out of 
I made it last for about three hours so we wouldn't get wasted like Tony at the end of the C3 Panthers podcast. <laughs> <laughs> I always and <laughs> the Cardinals, I don't know if they look like a real team out there. I know we did. I mean, we put up 31 points on them. We could have put up more. I mean, there were times Matt Rule could have gone for it. Yeah, we kicked I a field goal at one point we where I thought we might have gone for it. By a pretty large margin, but I don't like when coaches take their foot off the gas. And we didn't, though. Uh, yeah, I don't feel like we did. So I would have rather got touchdowns in that situation, but, you know, we didn't. And Joey Sly missed a field goal, but there there were opportunities to get touchdowns. And a lot of them we got touchdowns later, but I, I think we could have gotten more touchdowns. I would have liked to get another touchdown when we were it was really only... close at the end, you know. There was only three but possessions we didn't get a touchdown. Anyway, still a great game. Yeah, still really happy once, we won. Field goal once, Teddy's field running goal, right? in for touchdowns now. Teddy's starting to get badass. Anyway, guys, you know how it goes. Wow, wow. There it is. There it is. Wow, wow. Look, he's coming back Yeah, I did more. too because we won. Hey, guys, it's Joey again. And I forgot what I was going to say last call, but now I remembered. Because of the new rules and the practice squad thing, we can pay uh Elevate a player from the practice squad twice, which we did with Reggie Bonifant, and he he played very he played pretty well both of the times that we activated him. And now the rules state that if we want him next week, we have to sign him. Should we sign him? Can or, and can we sign him? I don't know if we have the money to do that. Who? I think we do. I, th- I don't think we are that, over that's the one cap question this year. I have. And he's going to get he's a league really minimum. Good. And the team probably can pick him up. A team probably will it? pick him up. Reggie Bonifan. You know, a running back needy team might. You know, see oh, we, guy sitting we on have to. We have to keep him on the like, Well, Marty Herney is never going to take him off the practice squad. He don't know nope. how to do shit. Why don't we go get him? Dude, I don't think. All right, um, I'm gonna go ahead and we'll, we'll go ahead and address this call. Right so first here. and foremost, Reggie Bonifon cannot go on the practice squad again this year if you plan on playing him again. He's he's reached the maximum number of games he can play right. and still be on a practice squad. So now we have to put him on. The we 53. have to three. We have to put him, him on the there. 53 or not be able to take him off the practice squad again. And unless Christian McCaffrey's coming back next week, I don't really think that you can uh, not do it. Yeah. Right, I mean, like, is that now? I don't think that Reggie Bonifant is going to be highly uh, touted, uh, no. like accorded. Is he is a straight line runner, right? Is like you can see he stand. It's a tall. He stands up tall. Runs high, um, you know. So he, but he's a nice compliment uh, to Mike Davis, and I feel like too as well is that let's not forget. I'm pretty sure Reggie Bonifant. Was either a wide receiver or quarterback at Louisville? I cannot remember one of the two. So he's not. He I might think he was a quarterback. So come. Because I remember him throwing some balls. And 
then the the other thing is is I don't know how you and we can't just have one running back on the team unless we're going to put Curtis Samuel as the guy back there. But right now, I think that Bonifan has played well in every yeah. appearance he's had, and it, as long as he can um, contribute on special teams. I think uh, we're in good shape. Uh, let's keep going through with these calls. 252-228-5098. Hello. This is Tree Fitty. What up, Tree Fitty? All mm-hmm. right. After thoughts watching this game, glorious game for what it was worth. I, I like pretty much every aspect. I was, um, yeah, uh, shit. Offense looked pretty on point. Teddy where he put up three touchdowns, running, running, ran one, tossed two to Reggie and Ian. Who would have thought those two would be his targets, you know? Reggie Bonifant and Thomas. I know. For a touchdown. <laughs> Get the fuck out of here. Man. But, uh, yeah, yeah defense is looking pretty damn good. Derek Brown, he's that fucking man. YGM with the fumble, with the forced fumble. You know, even we saw Jermaine Carter Carter sighting. You know, who would have thought we see Jermaine Carter with this with this defense? Phil Snow, you got it. Uh, that's two games in a row where um, my hate for you has re- re- I'm, I'm sorry has very dwindled. And um, I, I really don't have too much negatives for this game. It was pretty much everything was fucking positive. Shit, 30, 30, 31 points to twenty. I'll take it. I'll take it every day. Every Sunday, I'll take that. And, um, shoot, Mike Davis, him being hurt for a hot second, I'll go troubling. I'd rather us have a full running back core of three running backs, but we got Reggie and, um, Curtis Samuel, and the other guy, Trent Cannon, whatever he's about, you know, but, uh, good win. Teddy, you, you proving us wrong right now for this, at least for this week. I like what I've seen out of you, and, that's pretty much it. I don't got much to say, honestly. It's just a good win. I'm going to rejoice, rejoice and drink some more beer and shit and um, keep pounding. All right, y'all. Good job, C3. Keep up the podcast. Thank you, man. Thanks for being a part of our show and a part of our community. It's a big part of our community in the chat room all the time. And now getting in on the calls. We love it. The calls have been great tonight. And I think we've gotten a lot of good insight from Panther fans tonight. Right? And yeah. whether it goes to G. Cavassier and the balance – Jason uh, talking about how to approach the future and what these are signs of. We got a lot of good. We're seeing good things happen, and it's it's comforting to Panther fans. Um, And you know they're making a lot with what they've got. Uh, I think that I want to see. I wonder. I want to know if Robbie Anderson is lulling these cats to sleep a little bit with these underneath routes, and we're going to see some big time plays from him in the near future. We want to see. I want to. If we got anything, I want to continue to see uh, improve in the near future. In the short term, is I really need to see DJ Moore uh, become more polished, more consistent. Yeah. Or I would. That's what I want to see. Um, you know, you want to have your number one draft pick be of number one status, but he's still got time. It's not. You know, it's just. Um, it's been. It hasn't been the best start though for him. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. Hey guys, it's Joey, and I'd like to respond to Chef Jeff's call with the call of my own. And I hate that Cody's not here for this because this is right up his alley. And by the way, I saw the hate comments in the chat room, and you guys can go fuck yourselves. 
Anyway, uh, it's not that we're going to win too many games to get Trevor Lawrence. It's just, have you seen the Jets? They're, they're terrible. Gase is, yeah. Gase is gone already. Gase is a dead man walking. Poor Darnold's ran to the ground. I mean, we don't know what he is because he's had Adam Gate. He's had, well, because he's on the Jets, okay? And so they're probably going to be looking, well, man, should we get another quarterback? And maybe. Who knows? And Daniel Jones, the Giants are ter- the Giants look terrible. And they, they they haven't been helped by the schedule makers either because they got the Niners. But they're terrible. Okay. They have some improvements, but they're they're not really producing on the field. So Gettleman could be gone. And if he, if Gettleman brings in a new coach, which I don't know that that's going to happen. The owners have a lot more control. Like the Giants ownership has a lot more say than a lot of other teams does or ownerships do, but that could happen. Then we got the Washington football team. I don't know about Dwayne Haskins. May I don't know. They could be in the play. Uh, Jaguars, I don't think so. They have Minshew, but there are a lot of teams that could be in the play for Trevor Lawrence. And we might have to just look, you know, for admittedly a lesser quarterback. Or this but, might mean you know, a very high quality player. Gets with. And if there's not one in the draft, well, then we'll just have to stick with Teddy. But, you know, we don't want to be the Dolphins and then get a quarterback taken by the Jets, a team that is truly bad. So anyway, guys. Wow, wow, wow. Good call. There um, it is. Good call is, you know, some a lot of this is not going to be dependent upon um, us. I mean, think about it. What, what did we win last year? How many games did we win? Six. six? Yeah, something like that. Six or six. Yeah. Um, and we were seventh pick, so we weren't that far out. You have to be really bad. I don't want to watch that football to get a number one pick. So uh, the other thing is, is that the, the good news about this is he's absolutely right, is that the Jets are just awful. The yep. Giants are not much better. Um, in fact, and they did get their franchise quarterback in Daniel Jones, which uh, are you? No. Yeah, and right now he's not looking that great. He just threw a pass high. They did not convert on third down. He fourth, probably yep. receiver should have. Yeah. Oh, it was the receiver should have caught it probably though. Um, but still, is that so? You got a lot of there's. It's not going to – just like this year, there was a lot of quarterback-hungry teams, and we're going to have that next year. And and if the the worst part of that is not getting the quarterback – the number one pick, the good news about that is those teams push down arguably players that are more of a lock at their position than some of these quarterback prospects, and you get a franchise left tackle, you get a shutdown corner, you get a Chase Young – that gets pushed down to you. So um, I think right now the things is, and that's where the caller earlier from Colorado is right, is that you just got to draft the right way. So it's not about getting the first pick all the time. And how many teams have had the first pick? Here's the thing is, I mean, 
you know, you could pick the guy. If if Trevor Lawrence is it, if Justin Fields is it, you pick him. But there is no look. Andrew Luck was the the most surefire prospect in the last thirty years. It felt like yep. everybody yep. said that he was going to be the great, and he got the benefit of doubt on everything. And he's not even in the league anymore, dude. Yeah. So, um, good calls tonight. For sure. All right, guys. Um, so, hear me out. Say we win about, you know, six, seven games, um, end up with, like, the eighth pick in the draft. And, um, you know, it, it puts us out of the running for one of the top quarterbacks. Would you guys be open to trading McCaffrey along with our pick to get a higher pick, maybe the first overall pick? Um, I mean, it would definitely be something that would upset the fan base for sure. But, um, I mean, if you really think that you have an opportunity to get a franchise quarterback, that is so much more important than, you know, having a franchise running back. Um, as you can tell by, you know, what Mike Davis has been able to do in the couple of weeks that he's been the running back. I don't know, just my thoughts. wonder what you guys thought. Keep on uh, you know, it's an interesting conversation to have, but we have to have it closer to draft day at this point. And, yeah. um, you know, is that what you don't want to do is it's a fine line, man. It's a fine line between this is not having the guts to go and get the guy you want. Um, that's one thing, but it depends on how much it costs. Right. And in, in some ways, you know, you're sitting there, if you can't get your franchise quarterback and somebody else, much like we were this year is we were open. A lot of the ideas were thinking about trading back um, and, and trying to get multiple starters right right at the beginning. Um, And the, the other thing is again, like we have to be, I know that people love scouting college players into the NFL, but I'm pretty sure that Kinlaw dude, wasn't it like a defensive tackle? We were like, oh, well, we could have traded back and not gotten Derek Brown, and we could have gotten this Kinlaw dude from whatever. And I don't think he's working out well for the uh, for the San Francisco 49ers right at the moment. So it's a fine line between not having the guts to move up to get the player that you believe can really do something for your organization overpaying for that or feeling pushed backed into that corner right now. I think it's about uh, continuing to just do things in the kind of the Matt rule cliche, the right way, you know, and that is um, if anything, you know what I'm more interested in kind of navigating up in the second and third rounds to get the guy we want rather than letting a guy fall to us or hoping that a guy falls to us that to me, I always feel like it costs so much to move up and look at, and you know what? It doesn't always work. I mean, the jets did it, the, you know, like who's, who else has done it? The, I feel like the Browns have done it. The jets have done it. The, Didn't like, we do it a while ago? Mm, no, didn't we still so. farm to go up, uh, go up in the draft and pick somebody that didn't work out? It was a defensive uh, player. We did, and it was we. It, no, we we uh, moved up to get Jeff Ota, I believe, and to do that, we had to give up our first round pick the next year, and then that was back in like 
Man, that's been a long time, dude. It's been like 2007 or something like that. And then we got Everett Brown. That was the guy you're thinking Everett of. Everett Brown, yeah, yeah. And he was supposed to be and we were we had to pick him in the second rounds. We didn't have a first round pick. And I don't know, did we trade back into the first to get him that year? I can't remember. But he didn't work out. Yeah, so you got to be careful with those things, right? Um Broncos moved up for Lynch, the Bears, those things uh so um, Matt Rule says you got to do it the right way. Uh, you know, you hope it's not just a cliche, and I don't think it is. Is but you also have to not be like Gettleman was at times, and that's too stubborn to do the right thing, uh, too scared or too cheap, or in his case, thinking he was smarter than everybody else. That's yeah. Dave Gettleman's problem, right there. Yeah, is he 100%. thinks he's sm- smarter than everybody. Um, all right. Uh, I think this is the last call of the night. Two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. What's going on, C3 Nation? Yo, what's up? Jay Anderson. What's up, Jay? Eating y'all up, man. That was a good that was a good game. The offense, they moved, they moved the ball. That's what I like to see. That's why I wanted to see. They spread it, they moved it. You know, they mixed in the run and everything. Man, that's what I like to see. I think the I thought the defense played I thought the defense defense played good. You know, I ain't got, you know, they only got one sex, but it doesn't matter. You know, they play good defense. That's why I like to see. Hopefully, they can do this against the the Falcons. You know, it'll be the Falcons. It'll be the Falcons Super Bowl because they want to win. You know, it seems like they get up on us. You know, when they play, when they play us, they get up on us. So hopefully, we'll see that. You know, against the Falcons, I like the way the boys play. You know, you know, keep pounding. I'll let your boys. All right, good call. Yeah, a good call to wrap it up, too, is like, um, and and I think this has been the mantra of the show, and it's been kind of the mantra, my mantra for um, for a long time, and that is getting better week to week. And like you said, CK, the, the stage does not look too big for them. Uh, so, yeah. yes, the Panthers moved to 2-2 two and two with an opportunity to get on the winning side of football against the Falcons. Are the Falcons a get – not a get right, but uh, a team – look, is that – now, I tell you this, is the Falcons' offense has been very effective this year. Yeah. It's just – so we have to find a way to get to Matt Ryan and to not get torched. That's the key. 100%. And maybe that's like we did a little bit today grinding out the time of possession man the best way to beat that offense is to not have them on the field so um all right guys uh c3 panthers podcast live tuesday night this week we got a good guest coming on we've got the falcons beat writer for the athletic tory i don't i don't want to mispronounce her last name um tory mcelney mcelney tory mcelney beat writer for the falcons um for the athletic is going to come on to help us preview uh, this matchup or our second division game of the season. Uh, we'll have your calls two five two 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 eight fifty ninety eight. the most lit chat room, Cody Lashley in the chat room. He'll be back on Tuesday and um, that's it, man. Uh, CK, what are you guys, what are you streaming these days? Facebook.com. Uh, it's going to be Codizzle Allen. It's most nights at 10 o'clock. Uh, only times I deviate. Or like last night, we had a uh, wedding uh, to go to. And Tuesday nights when I'm doing this right here, sometimes we are a little uh, 
off uh, off schedule there. We typically, uh, depending upon how late the podcast goes, I'll be on on Tuesday nights as well. But um, yeah, you guys can catch me there. And uh, other than that, I'll see you guys Tuesday night. All right, at cat underscore chronicles on Twitter. Uh, make sure you sub up. We're on iTunes, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify. Um, audio syndicated after that. Picking with the professor on Wednesday and most weeks uh, scouting the opponent team. I got to line up another interview. I did not get a second interview last week, but working on the Falcons one. I got some Falcon connections, so we'll figure it out soon. Guys, uh, we'll be here Tuesday night. Thanks for the support. Go Panthers. Uh, it's nice to be in the to not be depressed. It's nice to have a win. And Absolutely. this is two in a row. One more. It's a streak. Absolutely. Let's do uh, it. Yep, let's do it. Keep pounding. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who've already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.